Welcome to the Warner Brothers Podcast. Kyle Warner joined by my brother Keenan Warner. Keenan, how you doing? I'm great. I've been waiting and sitting on these predictions because I'm an NFL junkie forever, and I'm just I'm ready to just get all these out. I'm ready to get these out. Yeah, I mean it's a you know for NFL fans, for football fans, this is it's holiday season right here. It's NFL kickoff eve. All right, so it's September seventh, Wednesday, September seventh, twenty twenty two. Uh, we're going to, as Keenan alluded to, we're going to be going over our NFL predictions for the season. Now, that's going to be win totals for each team by division, our Super Bowl predictions, some playoff predictions, awards predictions, and we always end with some bold predictions at the beginning of the season. Keenan, how you doing? Um, ready. I'm very ready to go. <laughs> I'm very interested to see how this goes. All I can say is I'm ready. I feel you. I feel you. Uh, as I've alluded to before in previous podcasts, and I'd say even the last two seasons, really, especially since 2020, uh, I don't watch a lick of college football. Like I might tune in to like the championship games or the, you know the last few bowl games for the playoffs, but other than that, I do not watch during the season. Mm-hmm. So, you know, my I my idea on the youth in the NFL isn't as great as it was maybe five, ten years ago, but if the league in general, I have a pretty good understanding. I would say, I mean, we've mentioned this before. I would say uh, my interest level in the NFL, it's back where it always was. I would say, like, I, you know, tune in for every game, but I'm not as, you know, die hard over it as I was during the Brady-Belichick era, which is fair to say. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, if that was an, out of 10, I'm probably at, like, a 9.5 now. I would say, but uh, also as we alluded to before, I'm making my fantasy football draft debut technically tomorrow. So I mean, you know, that might all change a little bit. I might be back up to ten. Who knows? But I, I would say, say didn't you NBA, have one already? Yeah, my draft was last Thursday. Yeah, I was gonna say that. I was gonna ask you how. Did, I was gonna say I heard a little bit of it and I saw it, but like, how did you feel your draft went? I don't really know. I don't really know. You know what I mean? If the league projected me to come in ninth. They projected me to go, I believe, three and eleven. I'd have to look at the exact record. Literally, yeah, and that's. I've had that I've had years real. where I've been the best team projected, and I haven't done the greatest. And then I've had somewhere of like was a sixth team and won it all. So like, I, that's like with anything deal. in the NFL, as we'll get to with this, anything in the NFL, it's a crapshoot. Like the NFL is almost a snow globe. You could shake it up every year. Uh, you know, I think a lot of people in general. And shit, even me and you probably. A lot of people pick a season, right? Pick any season. And if you're doing your season predictions for the upcoming season, you're probably at least going to have five out of seven of the previous year football teams in the playoffs. You know what I mean? Just by default, just because you're thinking like, oh, such and such here. You know what I mean? It just always seems to end up like that. Uh, It's really hard to pick four new playoff teams. In a given year, you know what I mean? But in re- reality, that usually ends up happening where you're going to get half the field knocked out due to injuries, due to whatever reason. Yeah, you know what I mean? There's always that surprise team. And last year it was the Bengals. The Bengals went in the year, uh, the playoffs two years before. Last year they made the Super Bowl. So it's like. For sure. You just never know what's going to happen mm-hmm. in the NFL, which leads to fantasy being all over the place. Uh, my only takeaway so far from fantasy, and obviously I haven't even had a matchup yet is 
And again, I know nothing about fantasy football. I mean, I know a little, obviously, but you said you're anti Superflex League. I think those are necessary now. I can't, I can't really fathom the quarterback position being the, you know, allegedly the most important position in sports, but not meaning anything in fantasy. That seems impossible to me. Uh, yeah, you know, especially I, I, someone. I get what you're saying. Especially someone like Lamar, someone who's a dual threat, or like Mike Vick in his prime. In this case, Jalen Hurts. Even Rodgers, who might give you some rushing touchdowns, but he's going to give you a bevy of passing touchdowns. I feel like that should matter in some case. Maybe don't overvalue it more than the running back or wide receiver, but I feel like it should have more value. I, I agree. That's why in our league, our league uh, two years ago, we changed the quarterback scoring format because the ESPN uh, regular scoring format is four points per every touchdown for a quarterback and per every 25 yards. It's one point that the, for every twenty five yards thrown, it's one point. We change it now to tw- I believe every twenty yards is a point. So instead of every hundred yards, it's four points, and every hundred yards, it's five. And then we change it to five to, for points per touchdown. So now quarterbacks have become that little bit changed changed the scoring output for quarterbacks probably respectively by like seven to eight points, which in fantasy is huge. So it was. Yeah, I was gonna say it just made for a much more fun year because obviously, as you see in the NFL, you have to have an all-time, all-time great defense to win without a very good quarterback. So it shows, and obviously, if you're an all-time great defense, you're one of the greatest, one of the better teams ever. So it shows sure. the value of a great quarterback is obviously more important than any other thing in any other sport for one singular position. So it's like when you have a when you have a fantasy game surrounded by surrounded by the NFL, you would think that you'd want the most important position to still become the most important position, but in actual fantasy it really isn't. Interesting. I will say I don't know if you need an all-time great defense, but you do need an, at least okay. an elite defense. So a very very elite defense, yeah. I mean like cuz the 07 Giants were an all-time all-time great defense, but they were like a really really elite defense. The 20 both like, cuz like if you go through the teams, it would have been the 2015 Broncos cuz obviously they had Peyton Manning the name, but they didn't have Peyton Manning the player anymore. And then obviously mm. and the 2013 What? I was going to say, take even the 17 or 18. I can't remember the exact season, but the Jags when they had Blake Bortles. Yeah, 20, and yeah the 17 Jags when we, I would say, we beat them and then we lost to the Eagles. And then they obviously the 2013 Seahawks had a Russell Wilson, but he wasn't what he is today. But he wasn't bad by any means. He just wasn't the Russell Wilson we've come to know today. 2000 yeah, he was Ravens. good enough. He was. Yeah, 2013 Seahawks. That's one of my favorite teams ever for whatever reason. They reminded me so much of the early Patriots, and Russell Wilson reminded me so much of young Tom Brady. He had all the intangibles, but he wasn't necessarily chucking the ball. You know, it was more Marshawn Lynch on offense, little read option. But obviously, Russell Wilson was still an exciting player, though. But no, not the thrower of the football he is today. But that defense was incredible. I mean, they shut down Peyton in the 43 to 8. The one thing that <laughs> I'm not, we're not going to talk, talk about it quickly. I just wanted to quickly mention because we brought it up and then we'll get right into predictions. You said the 2015 Patriots team is the one that hurts you the most. So mine's the 2013 team because I looked at that Super Bowl and I was like, there is zero chance we lose 43 to 8 to that Seahawks team because then we beat that same Seahawks team next year. So that 2013 one's the one that gets me. Yours is the 2015 I agree, but that one. Team. 
I think that defense was a little scarier that year Peyton ran into him just because they were a little bit banged up in the Super Bowl. At yeah. least, I, I believe Cam Chancellor was. Cam Chancellor was, and then Cam Chancellor was, but other than that, and Richard Seymour, I think, had a little ailing injury, but it wasn't anything. Like, they were still, they were still the Legion of Boom, and we still took them out. 2015 bothers me because, I mean, yeah, drink if you want to hear me and Keaton talk about the Patriots. Have a, Take a shot right now. But, uh, take a shot for me. But, yeah, 2015, that Panthers team wasn't anything great. And like you said, Peyton just was a shell of himself, and they still kind of they coasted the victory almost. So, yeah, that one hurts the most for me. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I can see why you said 2013 as well. 2013 was. The other, I mean, obviously, other than the 2007 season. Which well, one, I don't said. know what you're talking about. I have all, no, so. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I stuttered. Anyways, we just need to get into the predictions regardless. So, uh yeah. Let's get started. NFL 2022 NFL predictions. Uh, we're going to do it a little different than usual. Keaton, I'm going to give you these teams over and unders. All right. We're going to start with the NFC North. Okay. Okay. I got, got all these divisions in alphabetical order. So we're going to start Chicago Bears. Their over under is six and a half for this year. Were you under or over six and a half wins from the Chicago Bears? Under. Likewise. What was your record? Three and fourteen. Damn, but I don't. But like, see, here's the thing. Like, a lot of these records that I have could definitely be different. And I'm really sorry, Joe. I you, he Joe's gonna hate me for thinking they're gonna be that bad. But like, is Joe there? No, Joe isn't here right now. Uh, Joe will probably hear this and be like, "I suck as a person and a fan, and I'm not smart." But like, I think they could possibly get to like six wins, seven. Like, but they're just. They're beat up. I think they need another. I just think they need another year, another tooling in their offseason because I do not like their offensive line. They've got a few pieces offensively, and then defensively, they've got a couple pieces too. But they're just like, as a collection, they're just not great overall. Simply put, yeah, they're not good at all. Exactly what you said. Uh, I have, I have them at five and twelve. Nothing great. Uh, you know, they'll. The weather in Chicago in December is not great, so I feel like that could aid them to a couple more wins. Um, you know, Justin Field can do some things, but like you said, their skill positions, their offensive line, not much to like there. It's a rebuild season for them. I think they're probably the worst team in the league. So yeah, I got them at five and twelve. You got them at three and fourteen. I don't have them as the worst team in the league. I don't think so. But I but guess we'll find on, out. But we'll go on. Record doesn't always indicate worst team in the league, though. Yeah, but no, uh, is, I know, I know that I'm saying I don't have them as the worst team in the league, regardless of record wise. I think there's next the Detroit, the Detroit Lions at six and a half over or under Keenan. Did you have them over? Likewise, what do you have their record as? Seven and ten, exactly the same. Expound. Um. So. The Lions last year, even though they really didn't have many wins at all, I think they won two games, three games, whatever they won last year. They were close in so many games last year. I think that... Competitive bad team. Yeah, they're a competitive bad team. Obviously, they added Aiden Hutchinson, which is going which is going to be the sure, hopefully the surefire player of this draft because he looked all of it last year in college. They've got... A good offense. They got a good offense. They have Amon St. Ross St. Brown, who really turned it on last year. They picked up DJ Chark. They have DeAndre Swift. Their offensive line, actually, for being a bad team, is actually a pretty good offensive line. It's one of the top half offensive lines in the league. And then 
They have they have they have pieces all over. Like they have younger pieces on their defense. I think they could start to become a team to where they could build. Like they're going to start to become a team that actually can put together some wins. It really just comes down to how much faith and how much Jared Goff can do. Not like yeah, I mean, not I they're going to be competing for like playoff wins and things like that this year. I think it'll take maybe a couple more, but it really will come down to the quarterback position here in a couple years if they keep progressing as they are. Yeah, it'll be interesting. To see, it'll be interesting to see where Jared Goff ends up because I don't think he's their quarterback of the future. But at mm-hmm. the same time, he's one of those quarterbacks who's overqualified to be a backup, underqualified to be a, a franchise quarterback. You know, he's kind of in the middle there. Granted, he's in that he's Teddy Bridgewater kind of range for me. Probably, yeah, maybe even more than that because he has started in the Super Bowl. He's played in NFC Championship games. He's he made some he plays in NFC Championship game too. What's up? Made some actual like key plays in the NFC Championship game too. It wasn't like he was exactly. just doing nothing. Exactly. He's not a bum, but no, not you know, I don't think either. I don't think either of us would pick him to uh, be our franchise QB. But no. Yeah, each of us have him at seven and ten. That defense has got some holes. They have apparently got one of the better offensive lines in the league, which that alone can win you some games. Honestly, mm-hmm. depending what the weather is, depending on. What the score is, so you know, never know. Some people are even picking them for their playoffs. I don't see that, but you know, they're certainly, like you said, they were competitive last year. They've improved. Uh, you know, looks like we both have them as a middle of the pack team. No reason to think they wouldn't be. Yeah. Uh, moving on to the Green Bay Packers, Keenan, their over under is ten and a half. Where did you have them? Over or under ten and a half wins? Over. How far over? Twelve and five. 12 and 5. Reasonable pick. Uh, lay it out for me. They lost Devontae Adams. They uh, they lost Devontae Adams, which which obviously is going to hurt. They have Aaron Rodgers is a guy who can make people better. So, like, they've got um, Romeo Dobbs as a rookie. I think he can come in and do some things. They got Sammy Watkins, who is going to be good for as long as he plays because every year, like week ones, two, and three, he'll actually play well. He just can't stay on the field. That's a good replacement. You can always count on, you know, like you said, he can't stay healthy, but he is every bit as talented as a number one receiver. You yeah, know? He's always, I mean, coming out of college, he was supposed to be what DeAndre Hopkins is. Like yep. on that Clemson team, he was the, he was D1. So, like, I was gonna say he was he's still talented for sure. He can get open, he can make plays, he can run after the catch. It's just he can't stay healthy enough to even consider him like a number one guy at all. But like cause he was even he did well for the Ravens for a few games last year. But they've got him Alan Lazard's a solid receiver. So they've got receive they've got a solid enough receivers that they're able to that Aaron Rodgers will be able to suffice, especially with how accurate of a passer he is. They've got one of the best run games in the league with Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. I think both of them could go over 1,000 this year, kind of like um, the Browns had the other uh, year with Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb, have like 1,000 total purpose yards both. Then their offensive line, they've got back David Bakhtiari, who's the best left tackle in the league. They've got back Elton Jenkins as well. Defensively, they've got no holes defensively. I just think they're such a well-rounded team. Matt LaFleur is one of the best coaches in the league. You have one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Plus, you're in a weaker division, weaker-ish division, in, a, in the weaker conference out of the two. So I, when you go down their schedule and really break it down, I just don't see how they get anything less than 11. I have them at 12. 
I had them under, and you know, you kind of just talked me into direct. <laughs> I have them at ten and seven for a couple reasons. Mm-hmm. One being, honestly, I'm surprised it took me this long to mention it, but I hate, hate, hate seventeen game schedule. Yeah. If this was a sixteen game schedule, Keenan, I think as crazy as it sounds, and I said this a bunch last year, if this was a sixteen game schedule. Uh, I think a lot of records change for me. Like, you'll notice as I go through here, there's going to be a lot of teams in the middle of the pack. Whereas yep. if it was a 16-game season, I'd probably have worse teams with a worse record. I'd probably have the better teams with a more elite record, Packers being one of them. Uh, yep. But there's so, it sounds crazy, but that one game has so much extra variable, depending on what that game could be for a matchup. You know, the schedule matters. Um, so, really, the Packers fell that way a because of that it being a 17 game schedule b and you, you'll hear me talk about this with brady and the bucks rogers is another year older which i don't think really matters i think he's going to be every bit as elite but you just never know some games might slip here and there or he could be he could he could win mvp again you know you just never know uh and then the third or fourth factor i don't know where i am with this but will be the the final team we talk about here which is the minnesota vikings uh, I'll just say it right here since how I segued into them. Their over under is nine and a half. I have them at 11 and 16. And what do you have the Vikings at? Same. So I, so you guys, so you think they're, con- I wouldn't say a contender. We'll talk about that later. But uh, yeah, this is, this seems like it happens a lot during the Rodgers era where it seems like the Packers will win the division maybe three years running. Uh, the Vikings will either have it or they don't. But then there's that year or two where they have an all-around great team. Like, it's, it really seems to happen every three years. Uh, you know, Kirk Cousins, he probably won't win you a big game. He won't. But he'll do everything but that. And he's got talent around him. This defense is good. they got a new offensive coach. Um, this team's promising. Like, I really do think they'll overtake the Packers this year, at least for the division. I think they both make the playoffs. I'm sure that's that's clearly what you have it as, too. Uh but I think the Vikings are promising. I just think in the head-to-head matchups, they give Rodgers a little problem. I believe they play week one. They do play week one uh, in so, Minnesota. I mean, so to some degree, that could almost decide the division. So not to give away where I'm leaning towards on our week one picks, which we'll get to in part two. But uh, yeah, I got the Vikings winning this division at 11-6. We got the same record. Uh, talk to me. What do you feel about the Vikings? Um, I don't love their secondary. Uh, Harrison Smith is great, but he's older. Patrick Peterson is not the Patrick Peterson that he was on the Cardinals. Their corner, second secondary wise, they're not great. I love their front. Uh, they picked up Zadarius Smith from the Packers. They've got Eric Kendricks, uh, Daniel Hunter, Dan, uh, Dalvin Tomlinson. Like they've got a great, they've got a very good front seven. And then they've got a hole in the back end. So that back end is really kind of what scares me, but depends. If you can get enough pressure up front, then you can make up for not having the greatest of corners. But that's why I think that could hinder them. Offensively, though, they've got a couple holes offensive line-wise. Like uh, Garrett Bradbury, their center's good. Um, Brian O'Neill's all right. But like they've got like their, their offensive line is middle of the pack-ish. But, mm-hmm. like, their skill position players, you can compare to almost anyone in the league. Justin Jefferson, I think, is phenomenal. He's going to be 
don't get me started on Justin Jefferson. I absolutely love Justin Jefferson. You've got one of the best backs in the league in Dalvin Cook. You've got one of the best second options in the league in Adam Thielen. Irv mm-hmm. Smith Jr. this year could definitely break. I think he could have a breakout year. K.J. Osborne showed flashes last year of being one of those spark kind of guys. They got Jalen Rager, who's just another small athletic guy. And for as much as I don't love him, Kirk Cousins has been a very, very, he's been a very good quarterback over the last, ever since he's been in Minnesota. He's been above 66% completion percentage every year, typically three to one intercept touchdown to interception ratio about over 400 yards or 4,000 yards and over a hundred quarterback rating every year. So it's like he's playing good football. You just don't getting he's to the never playoffs. Wins the not, big game. Yeah. It wasn't getting, he's won one big game in his career and it was against the saints in an overtime weird game. But other than that, like other than that, like, he just feels like you don't fully like put your faith in him and trust him. Like, even someone like Deshaun, who hasn't really won that many big games, like speaking before, you always felt like Deshaun put him on your back because obviously you saw his college run, you saw other things. You feel that with Russell Wilson, like he's going to go make you big plays. You got like with Drew Brees. You, but like with him, you just did it. You don't feel that. Maybe the locker room does because they believe in the guy, but like as a watcher, like when watching the game, there's little people that you fear. Kirk Cousins just isn't a guy that I fear late game. So Yeah, Cousins is literally, he's... I'm trying to compare him to someone from the previous era. I, it's not really coming to me right now, but like you just laid it out. He he does everything you want him to do. He's not terribly turnover prone. No. Until it comes to those games. That's when he seems to be turnover prone. That's maybe when he's Carson not scoring. Palmer? I'm just trying to maybe. 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 maybe, maybe. I'm, I'm just thinking of old guys like maybe maybe Yeah, Carson that's a Palmer? that's a pretty that's a pretty good comparison. He he had an obviously different career because he retired in a decent stretch of his career where he was still pretty valuable and then came back obviously for the Raiders later on. Yeah. But that's not a back comparison, especially Palmer being a number one overall pick. Um, say Palmer had his, I was going to say Palmer had multiple years, like had good years throughout the time with Cincy and even had a, given had a couple good years with Arizona as well. It's just like, that's what's yes. Arizona. He, yeah. He just had, he just, there was a few years he just fell short. So, um, you just never really even him, scared he, of him. And to me, at least he won I a wasn't. couple he won a couple playoff games, though. Not with Cincy, but, you know, he had that little run with Arizona. Yeah, definitely. But he wasn't quite Kirk Cousins where, I don't know, Kirk Cousins is different. He's he's had a pretty interesting career all around, especially when you factor in the RG3 thing. <laughs> um, but, but quietly, he's quietly a 5,000-yard candidate, as we talked about last time, who could get 5,000 yards. Kirk Cousins quietly is in that group. Um, yeah, because I mean, he threw for 4,900 in 2016. I'm looking at it right now. He threw for 4,900 in 2016. He's got a more offensive-based coach and arguably by the end of the year, probably maybe the best receiver in football. So, For sure. Uh, moving on to the NFC South. Yep. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Over under is 11 and 5. Keenan, over or under 11 and a half wins. Over. For the Tampa Bay Bucks. Over. What you got? I have them at thirteen and four, and that could be ten and seven. Like they're literally, they have like three or four games that like they could lose, but I had them like winning, and I could because I can go through it. But like they're they're a team that I did these predictions a little bit ago. I might have put them at twelve and five more so than thirteen and four, 
they might have one more game. So I have them at 12 and 5, 13 and 4. But either way, I'd be over that 11 and a half. I have them at 10 and 7. I got under. I'm not even mad at it. I understand. Like, I get it. It just. Uh, because they, they have a semi-tough schedule, they have some tough stretches, but then they have some easy stretches too. And it's, it's really how you feel they're gonna slice it in those tough in that tough stretch in those tough games they have. They have about like eight, seven, seven-ish tough games. Do you think they can? Do you think they'll win a lot of those games? Do you think they'll lose a lot of those games? Kind of where it comes down to. Yeah, I kind of alluded to it last podcast. I just don't have great feelings about the Bucks. Uh, Brady's another year older. He's 45. He just took about a week and a half off from preseason and training camp. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's <laughs> Things don't seem well at home with him and Giselle, apparently. Apparently, Giselle is upset. He's back in football and moved out of the house, allegedly. Uh, who knows? Maybe that's a good thing for Brady. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows how Brady feels about it? But... I just don't have good vibes from them. They got Todd Bowles, which might be a good thing because Brady and Aaron didn't seem to get along. Just been a super weird offseason for Tom Brady specifically. Yeah. Um, you, I Tom still Brady, ha- other than the deflate gate offseason, has really has zero offseasons where he was like really a problem. Like he just goes about his business. This feels yeah. like one of the first. Like obviously he went to Tampa, but even the move to Tampa was just he made the decision to go to Tampa and then worked out in Tampa. It wasn't like he was like all this hoopla and everything about it. Now, like, this is, like, one of the first ones you see, and you're like, there's a lot going on. There's just a lot yeah. of this is a lot of stuff going on. I mean, I'd say there's quite a bit of hoopla over him leaving the past to go to the Bucks. Well, I'm, I'm sorry, I more so meant, like, his purse. Like, I mean, once it got down to, like, football time, it was just football time. Yeah. Like, no, obviously, like, obviously, quiet, like, yeah, but... yeah, I was going to say, that's more so. Obviously, that offseason with him was very, like, you talked, I mean, he left the, greatest dynasty ever and then went to tampa so of course you're gonna speak on it i just more so meant like once it got to june other than like brady and belichick are gonna play against each other who's gonna do better like that kind of talk it was like he was just straight football and like right now it's been like anything kind of but football talking with brady yeah like uh last thing i'll say about brady him being 45 i'm not betting against him I know better than to bet against Tom Brady, but I do think there will be some, just some slight slippage, right? And, uh, you know, having a defensive coach, that's going to help. You know what I mean? He's going to, I think he'll be throwing the ball a ton, as usual. I think he will more than get his chances. I don't think, I think he'll make slightly more mistakes. I believe, I remember, I could be wrong here, correct me if I'm wrong, but his 2021 was better than his 2020 season, correct? Yep. So he had 43 I see touchdowns going, in 2021, only 40, and then he had more yards last year, too. Yeah, I see more interceptions for him, but I don't. I still see them being the class of the division. You know, whether that turns into postseason success, who knows? But uh, yeah, I don't. I don't think it's going to be like the last two, and even last year was pretty dramatic. Yeah, the whole AB thing, uh, him and Arians clearly just were not getting along. Um, they're just two but, completely separate football minds. Not that they're not in, great football minds. I'm just saying they're just two different ones. Injuries. Yeah, Bruce Arians kind of likes to run his own ship. Kind of like Belichick, but, you know, with, <laughs> when it's Belichick and he's the greatest defensive mind next to, you know, you got Arians, who's an offensive mind and just a different coach in general. Sounds like he's more – he likes to run his own ship, but he's more loose, 
than Belichick easily. You know what I mean? So I don't think Brady vibed too well with that. But we'll see how this partnership of Bulls and Brady's go. And uh, yeah, 10-7, class of the division. You have that 13-4. Uh, let's move on to the Atlanta Falcons. Keenan, they're over under. Get it up. Whatever it is, is under. <laughs> Whatever it is, is under. I don't care what, what their over under is. I know it's under. It is four and a half. Under. <laughs> Not even close. What do you got them at? Three wins, two wins? One. I, I think this One and 15? 16. Yeah, or I one and 16? I think this team's absolutely garbage. I, I think they get more than one. You know that you know, and that, and you know what? I might be, you know what? I could be wrong, and I'm fine with being wrong. I don't see, regardless of it. I don't. I would not bet them to get over that at all. I'm not betting. I was them. generous. I have them at five and twelve. I don't have anything really, so I guess it's kind of a push. Or actually, no, that is over. They got four and a half. But uh, yeah, it's generous. But you're, you're that's really it. all I have. To, that's really all I have to say about them. You're getting me a Marcus Mariota starting quarterback for a year. They've got their secondary salt. So they have like just. I'm going to speak highly of them. I'm going to try well, to let me let me let me stop you before that. I don't think there's anyone tuning in to hear what we think about the Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> So if you want to move on to the Carolina Panthers. <laughs> yeah, no, we can move on to the Panthers. Okay. I was going to say, I have them one in 16. They have a couple pieces defensively, so they could honestly they honestly could shock a couple people with a few division games, maybe split with the Panthers, maybe a shock over like the Saints or something like that. But anyways, I don't think the Falcons are going to be remotely good at all, so we can just move on there. I agree they're not going to be good. I will say I think Mariota is at least competent. I don't think he's below average. I think he's the definition of average. So whatever that gets you, not to mention NFC South games are always crazy. So I factored that in. But I got the math back. He's one of like the three worst starting quarterbacks in the league right now. That's just that. That's So he's not, it's not like he's a terrible quarterback. I'm not saying to say that. He's just. I'm not sure if there's a team where I would take the starting quarterback other than maybe the Seahawks. Carolina Panthers, six and a half. Over or under six and a half, Keaton? This one was tough for me. I have them under. I have them at five and 12. <laughs> but if they went eight and nine, nine and eight, it would not shock me. They had a lot of, because I went through, for people who don't know, I went through every single week and went through every single game. And they just had multiple weeks against teams where I was like, if ah, 50-50, but I don't think they're going to win this one. Like they're kind of like kind of that kind of thing. So that was for me, that was kind of how that ended up being. Cause I think they play the, um, yeah, they play the AFC North. So like you see the, obviously they play the Browns week one. So that's going to be a very interesting game, but then they see the Steelers, who other than their quarterback situation, which you look at, you're like, okay, the Steelers actually have a good roster. You have the Ravens, you have the Bengals, clearly. So I just have a 5-12. and 12. I think they could possibly win upwards to eight games. I went over. I actually got them at 9-8. and eight. Mm. Uh, I, see, I don't think it's out the realm of possibility. I don't think that's a I'm not a, I'm not a Baker Mayfield guy, but I do think he's a starting quarterback. Agreed. Uh you know, not a franchise guy, but a starting quarterback. They were three and zero last year with Darnold. Then he got hurt and shit got weird. They lost McCaffrey. They got McCaffrey back. 
I think that's noteworthy. They play a ton of, if not outright bad quarterbacks, just questionable QB situations, all right? So they got Brissett week one, mm-hmm. the Giants and Daniel Jones week two. I think Daniel Jones is pretty good, but, you know, not a great quarterback. Mm-hmm. Saints and Jameis week three, Kyler and the Cardinals week four. Whatever QB you're getting at the Niners week five, I mean, you just go through. Then they got Rams-Bucks back-to-back, but then they got Falcons nearly back-to-back. They got Falcons-Bengals-Falcons. You could pick two there. The Broncos, Seahawks, Steelers have a questionable QB. Lions, they got a lot of winnable games here, as you said. So I went over 9-8. and I do not have them as a playoff team, but I do have them at 9-8. and And that's that's fair. And I think, like... That Lions game is going to be a 50-50 one. Depending on the, the development of Trey Lance or how that 49ers game, like that one could be an interesting game. That Steelers game is going to be interesting. The Browns game will be interesting. Like They have a lot of interesting games to where they could really be a frisky, like fringe seventh seed. But I'd, I just have them a little. I have them losing those fringe games. But if they win them, they win them, and they prove me wrong on my record. But I wouldn't be terribly shocked by it. All right, moving on to the New Orleans Saints. Over, under, eight and a half. Kim, do you have them over or under eight and a half? Over. Likewise, what's your record? Nine and eight. Likewise. So going into the predictions, if you would have, I thought they were going to be a double-digit win team. Or double, yeah, double-digit win team. So I don't, and I'm going through the schedule. That's why I like to go through the schedule. Is like I obviously I could think about how good that team is or how good they possibly can be, but then when you actually go through the schedule and you look at every single game, it gives you more of a bearing of like how you actually feel they're gonna do. And so I was actually shocked I had them at nine and eight, but that was what my thoughts were every single week. Yeah, they're probably my biggest, at least in the NFC. Uh, second biggest trick-or-treat team. All right, so I obviously got them as the same record as the Panthers. I have them in the playoffs. Uh, Jameis is the definition of trick-or-treat, okay? He can give you 5,000 yards. He can give you 30 touchdowns and 30 interceptions. You just never know. Uh, I think he went down week one last year, so we never even got to no, see. What he, he went down like week five. Because he, he went down during the Bucks game. He was he, Last okay. year, he was 1,170 1, yards, 14 touchdowns to three picks, 102 quarterback rating. Because the, the mm. Saints were 4-2 or 4-1. and one. It was one of those two records when he went down against the Bucks, and then he was out for the season. Because he was actually – the Saints were looking pretty scary last season. And then they, and then um, the he got injured, and obviously their quarterback situation was Taysom Hill or whomever they wanted to insert there. So they just weren't going to win games that way. Yeah, uh, and they lose. Who some would argue, I won't say second, but I'll say top five coach in the league for sure, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Probably the best, him or Andy Reid. And then obviously Sean McVay. Those are your top three probably offensive coaches when Sean Payne's employed. Uh, Really, my biggest reason, besides Jameis, but especially you hear he's killing it there last season, the first four games he had, uh, is their coach, Dennis Allen, which he did well as a coordinator for them. But traditionally, as a head coach, he hasn't been great. Mm-hmm. But I have them at 9 and 8. I do have them in the playoffs, but I got them at 9 and 8. And kind of like how you said with the Panthers, they could be 
up or they could be down. That's the Saints for me. Yeah, that see, and I, I get that. I could see them. I don't see them below like seven wins, but I could also see them upwards to eleven wins. But yeah, just to um, they beat the Packers last year in that weird first game. You know, the Packers just didn't show up, and they won thirty-eight to three. They lost to the Panthers. They beat the Patriots. Lost to the Giants. Then beat the Commanders. Beat the or the then football team, the Seahawks, and then they beat the Bucks. So they were five and two, and then Jameis went down. And then they lost five straight games to the Falcons, Titans, Eagles, Bills, Cowboys, and that was their season. Still got Kamara, might get Michael Thomas back. So you just never know. Mm-hmm. There's a there's double digit wins potential, as you said here. Chris Olave um, is a good receiver that they got in the draft. They got um, a very good offensive line. Jarvis Landry. Their defense is always going to be top ten, especially the way that they sale of Cam Jordan and all those pieces there. So definitely a team that you cannot sleep on any week of the season. I mean, you can't sleep on anybody, but you. They're a real contender every week. Moving on to the NFC West. Arizona Cardinals, they're over under his eight and a half. Keenan, where do you have them? Under. I do as well. I have them at seven and ten. One hundred percent. I think we are on the same page here. Uh I just don't like their offseason. I definitely don't like their their one and done last year. Kyler was atrocious. You have the whole film study controversy last month that was ridiculous mm-hmm. uh i thought the amount of people defending him was ridiculous and i'm yeah. a kyler fan. like i love watching kyler play but obviously that was in his contract for a reason then you got a lot of people bashing that they even put that in there then they rescind it it was just a mess uh obviously they lose d hop for what is it six games eight games they lose him for six games they have no uh chandler jones who's been one of the elite pass rushers of the last half decade so like They've lost, they lost a few pieces. They did acquire Marquise Brown, so you got that Oklahoma connection again. So that will be that will be good to see that just be um there. But they've got they're solid. Like they could be a, a nine ten win team. They 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 could be around there. Obviously, they can be competing for a playoff again. But tough division as well. They're in a tough. They're in a tougher division for sure. They typically, as you've seen every year, they kind of dip towards the end of the season. Kyler Murray, just because of his stature, is like almost not like I'm not gonna say booked because he is young in the league, but it does just feel like you almost want to bake in like two games. He's not gonna be there. It's because like it's just like he see he's just a smaller guy that can typically get hurt and with him being a running he does avoid big hits he just naturally like in the pocket when he like the pocket collapses on him he's just not the guy who can like take hits like even like a Lamar even though he got injured for the first time last year Lamar feels just sturdier um but yeah I have him at seven and ten I think they could be a frisky like fringe seven six seed but I'd have him at seven and ten I agree with everything you just said uh. San Francisco 49ers, the over-under is nine and a half. Keenan, what do you have, Nice. I got them over. Likewise, what's your record? Ten and seven. Likewise. Wow, this is weird. Uh, also, guys, as I always say, because we really don't, I have no bearing on what Kyle has to say about this season. I don't talk to him about this really before other than saying, hey, this is what we're going to do. Like, I have no idea what his records are. But... Yeah, I like the 49ers a lot. I've been uh, I've been a huge 49ers like supporter of their roster in the sense like I just love what they have. I think defensively they've got the best middle linebacker in football. They've got a great pass rusher in Nick Bosa, Samson Ebukam. Like they've got their secondary is the only thing that's going to have a little bit of holes and then offensively 
great offensive line, arguably the greatest, the best offense, one of the best offensive minds in the league in Kyle Shanahan. He's been phenomenal. And they've been a very good team every single year except for one, and that was when Nick Bosa and a couple other people tore their ACL, and even still they were serviceable. Got a weapon in Debo Samuel. Yeah, uh, yeah, real weapon. My record is contingent. I'm just going to – I don't have this in my bold prediction, so I'm just going to say it. I think Jimmy G takes over some Ooh. some over midseason, whether it's week six, seven, or eight. I believe Jimmy G will be the quarterback at some point. Okay. Uh, so my record is heavily contingent on him. I'm not a huge believer in Trey Lance. Uh, I think the Niners even showed that by restructuring Jimmy G's deal, making him the highest paid backup because they could have just let him go, a la what the Patriots did with Cam Newton last year. Uh, but they kept him around. The locker room loves Jimmy G. Like, you hear any of the Niners talk about Jimmy G. They love this guy. They've been, shoot, they were a couple plays for making the Super Bowl last year, back-to-back years, right? Or no, sorry, he didn't make it before, but uh, two years before that with the Niners. So, I mean, he has real postseason success. He's got pedigree, obviously being behind Tom Brady, obviously in this offense in general. Uh, so, yeah, I think I think he's the best option for this team. And uh, I don't know, this reminds me so much of the early to mid-2010s with Kaepernick and Alex Smith because Garoppolo is a lot like Alex Smith in a game manager sense. I think Alex Smith has more ability. But in uh, Lance being that dual threat with, you know, more upside, just yeah. like Colin Kaepernick. And that's uh, why I think Terry Lance would be better, I think, in that scenario. I think, might be, I, think that, I, I think I think that I understand what you're saying in the sense of Trey Lance is young and um, Jimmy G is more battle tested right now. I do. I personally like Trey Lance more for that team, especially moving forward than I do Jimmy G. I just don't know if he can make the throws that Jimmy G can. And uh, there's been a lot of there's been a lot of breakdowns of that of where, uh, hey, Jimmy G is the guy for this reason. I, you know, that's my main reason. I don't think Trey Lance will or can make the throws Jimmy G does in that offense. Either way, both for Jimmy G and Trey Lance, it's a, uh, I don't want to, it's hard to say. They don't trust Jimmy G, nor I would most. Do. I don't You know what Jimmy I mean? G. But uh, I mean, he's got him to a Super Bowl. And by that, I mean, kind of the same with Mac last year. You'd see the Patriots take the ball out of Mac Jones' hands. He did nothing in that Super Bowl run. He really didn't. He he threw the ball eight times one game against the Packers, and they blew him out. I'm just not a Jimmy G guy. I wasn't even a Jimmy G guy when he was on the Patriots. I really have never been a fan of him, really. Might not be, but the Niners locker seems to be. Listen, they make more money, way more money than I do, with way more football knowledge than I do to make those decisions. So they know more than me. From me, where I'm sitting here in old Florida, I'm not that much of a Jimmy G guy. <laughs> That's just my I opinion. hear you. And I, and I guess what I'm saying is, like like Mac Jones last year, like some of these offenses around the league, uh, you know, like so let's take the Cardinals. We just talked about the Cardinals. Kyler maybe doesn't watch film, maybe didn't play the best in that playoff game. Mm-hmm. But, man, if push came to shove, he could make some dangerous throws, like throws that Jimmy nor Trey Lance could make. Of course. Uh, and I, 
And I think the Niners have a little bit more trust in Jimmy G to make those throws in Trey Lance. That's that's about it. Well, um, you know, and I'm I. It's fair. Again, we don't know with Trey Lance. Yeah, I mean, he played at North Dakota State. He was phenomenal there. He had like 42 touchdowns to zero picks in his season, but um, his last season there. But he was phenomenal there. But it's still North Dakota State. So we'll see when he way, gets into the league. Small sample size for Jimmy G on the Pats, but he played well in those three and a half games for the Pats as well. Oh, and yeah. again, deep Super Bowl runs or mm-hmm. deep playoff runs here with the Niners too. Oh, definitely. I mean, he played that uh, Sunday night or Monday night game against the Cardinals, had some big throws to end that game, and then had a huge first half against the Dolphins and got injured. But, like, he had, I think, had four touchdowns in the first half. No, he played well. Like, he literally played himself into, like, a five-year, $150 million contract in a few games in the fact that Bill wanted him. So, but, yeah, that's just that. That's me on it. But we can go on to the Rams unless you have any more 49ers points. Los Angeles Rams. Defending champion Los Angeles Rams. They're over under is ten and a half. Can you have them over or under ten and a half wins? I got them over. Likewise. And twelve and five. I have them at eleven and six. Fair. Uh, they have a they're like the Packers and the Bucks too. They're like that with me where they have a few fringe games. I mean they each play each other, so those games are like uh eh, who is gonna win those games? Typically the Rams get the better of the Bucks, the Green Bay Packers get the better of the Rams. Tampa gets the better of the Green Bay Packers, so they kind of weird. They may be one and one with weird records between them. But they lost Von Miller. They don't have Odell. They might get Odell back. They haven't cleaned out his locker or anything, so like no one's obviously signed him. They might just come back and sign him. I don't know why they wouldn't just do it now if they're going to. Cam Akers is going to have a full offseason. You still got Aaron Donald. Still got Jalen Ramsey. That you off- said they have, you said they haven't cleaned out his locker. Mm-hmm. Why hasn't Odell cleaned out his locker? I don't know. Like they have like <laughs> his. They still have like his locker with his number and like every like he might have cleaned out the stuff in it. But like you know how it says like Odell Beckham Jr. like in his locker yeah. with like number like they just haven't taken that out yet. Like that's still there. I don't know yeah. why, but that's just. I was, still- I was I was picturing him having a full locker <laughs> full of his he's stuff. Still, from he still has like all jerseys and like every like personal belongings in his locker. Got an iPhone charger. In there. <laughs> been- oh my goodness, that'd be hilarious. <laughs> just can't but- let it go. But yeah, no, I think I think the Rams have all. I don't love the NFC fully. Like I think the AFC is just a better conference at this point, but. I think the Rams are still a very good team. Obviously, they're coming off a Super Bowl, and it's going to be interesting, though, to see what uh, Matt Stafford's elbows like because there's been reports that he's going to be something he might be battling with all season. So if that's the case, that might hurt him a game or two. They also got Allen Robinson, though, to replace Odell. Very good receiver. Hasn't really got many opportunities since Jacksonville, but we'll see. I agree. I in the same boat as you, usually your Super Bowl champion or any team that does well or wins a division, you're going to have a tougher schedule. They've got the full bullseye on their back. They're the defending champion. Not everyone handles that well. There is such thing as Super Bowl hangover for both the winner and the loser. Uh-huh. Uh, I really wanted to peg the Rams, but they just have too much talent. Uh, but I do think they fall to 11-6. and six. Fair. Uh, I mean, like you said, they're missing some pieces on defense, but they just have so much talent all around. I really do think Stafford 
has another great year. I think he's going to play with a new air of confidence, you know? Uh, he's a guy, we kind of mentioned this at the end of last year, he's a guy who could play himself into the Hall of Fame. Uh, there's, there's no reason There's no reason why he can't be a Hall of Famer. Like, obviously, it's hard to say, like, early, like, obviously, like, Justin Herbert has this ta- like has the potential to be a Hall of Famer. Like, of course, because he has so much talent. Like, That's a lot. Like, Herbert's a good example of what Stafford was earlier in his career. Yeah. Stafford just didn't have the wins. Here and there he would, but... You know, lines gone lines. Yeah, I was going to say, he had all the arm talent of any quarterback in the league. Stafford, like, you really can't say there's many quarterbacks in the league, in honestly, league history that had more arm talent than Stafford. Like, he can do anything Rodgers can do or Mahomes can do pretty other than, like, on the run. But, like, in the pocket, he can throw it with anyone, honestly. Like, he was, like, there's films of him, I was, like, shots of him doing the no-look passes before anyone else was doing the no-look passes. Like, he can do anything. Throwing the he, ball. he had two of the best throws. This is a throwback game. He has one famous win against the Cowboys where he has a QB sneak. Uh, I don't, it might have been the same. Yeah, I think it was the same game. He has two throws in that fourth quarter overtime that were, like, two of the best throws I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Go look that game up. I can't remember the year. I want to say it was like 2000. Who the fuck knows? I'm not even going to try to guess. It was in the mid-2010s. But uh, he was on like the right hash and threw it down the sideline to a streaking Calvin Johnson like on the money. And then he had another insane throw. But it's weird to think in that division possibly at one point. That, um, possibly could have been the uh, la, 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 Thanksgiving game maybe. I don't know. I don't think it was the Thanksgiving game. Okay. But uh, I just remember seeing the highlights of that game being like jesus christ but it's weird to think at one point that nfc north had rogers stafford and cutler who were got three three of the biggest arm talents and far but i mean like when uh when it was all them in their prime yeah I know, I know what you're saying but i'm just saying because that color's right there yeah. uh Fuck Jay Cutler. I've always disliked Jay Cutler. <laughs> but uh i never liked him as a player That's but such yeah, he, he much like stafford had could make every throw, but yeah. uh, yes, color was our generation's Jeff George. If y'all want to look up Jeff George. Jeff George, but all that to say, you know, you mentioned Stafford's injury. I'm glad it's in the early part of the season and not late because I think that would, you know, hinder things a little bit. So I, you know, I think he eventually plays his way into some health. They'll protect him a little bit. Uh, I'm very interested to see how they handle the bullseye. I really am, but I think they do okay, and I think. I think they're, you know, obviously back in contention here. I obviously got them as a playoff team here at 11-6. and six. Uh, Let's move on here because we're almost done. The NFC, the Seattle Seahawks, they're over, under, is five and a half wins. Keenan, do you have them over or under five and a half wins? Under. Really? Yeah. So what's their record? Three and 14. <laughs> Interesting. I have, I have zero faith whatsoever in the Seattle Seahawks team. Um, I'll give you the floor because by the sounds of it, you have them over. Uh, Geno Smith and Drew Locke will never be the answer to any question I have. Uh, so they have a few pieces here and there. They could win possibly upwards of five games at max for me, but I don't need to spend any other than they have Geno Smith and Drew Locke as their saviors. They're not doing anything. I actually have them at 7 and 10. Uh, I, think, I think their roster I think their roster is better than last year. Uh Geno Smith and Drew Locke, yeah, they're not your answer to a Super Bowl, but they're both competent quarterbacks. They're both anywhere between an average starter and a more than qualified backup. You know, kind of like uh, oh, losing his name here, 
the Mariota. Ravens back. Oh no, um, uh, Trevor uh, Tyler Huntley. Tyler Huntley. You know they're kind of in that vein. Uh, you know you don't want them as your franchise QB, obviously, but you know there's worse starters out there between both of them. So they got. I mean, the old saying is if you got two quarterbacks, you got no quarterbacks, but there's certainly worse quarterbacks you could have both of them. Geno did well for them in his Russell Wilson spots last year. It just seemed to never go well when they needed him the most. Gino, I was going to say, Gino, Gino's the better option than Drew Locke, um, for sure. Keep in mind, they still got Metcalf. They got a decent receiving crew all around. Yeah, uh, they're, they're, the line's probably improved, and they still got Pete Carroll. So there's pedigree there. I don't think this is the year for them. I think next year is the year for them. But I think... I don't think this season's going to be all misery for them. Whereas Seahawks fans were pretty miserable last year with all the rust drama and rust going down in general. Coming back later in the year, he was terrible. But I do think this is going to be a team where, you know, they're not going to be an easy win. They're going to be, they're not going to roll over. They're going to be a competitive team. They're going to be a bad team. Don't get me wrong. They're going to be bad. But I don't see three and 14 out of them. I do see a little more than that. I see them as the Lions of last year. They'll compete in some games, but their overall their talent just won't take them anywhere. But I mean, we can agree. I I don't see seven, but again, we neither of us have them in the playoffs. I don't need to spend my time on the Seattle Seahawks. Absolutely, and again, one of those tough divisions where I think mm-hmm. I don't know they'll play they'll play monkey wrench here. I don't know. I, I just a little more. I don't see, obviously, like we said, we don't have them in the playoffs. So we don't have to spend a ton of time, but I don't see them being three and 14, four wins, five wins. I got them over, clearly. Yep. But I'll move on to the NFC East. The Washington Commanders, their over under is, what the hell are they? Seven and a half. King, do you have them over or under? I've got them under. I figured you would. They're a team. They're a team I've bounced actually back and forth on because they have talent. Offensive, they have Terry McLaurin. They have Antonio Gibson. Carson Wentz is a talented quarterback. Defensively, they have a bunch of talent. They just have never been able to put it together to really work well. Chase Young just hurt himself doing like a different, like a camp. Like he re-aggravated his ACL, not that it's torn or anything, but he re-aggravated it. I have them at five and twelve, but they could be an eight and nine team. I think they could be hover around five hundred at best for them. I just wait, wait, wait. You said all that. How that much time they have? You have them as a five win team. I don't. Five. I I don't. I've been high on them for the last few years, and they've let me down. I just don't like when I was going through their schedule. I just don't. I like they play the NFC North, I believe. I don't like them really in many of those games. Um, obviously, they play the NFC East. I think Dallas and the Eagles are better for sure. Um, Dallas has really never had problems with Washington and Phillies. I think think Phillies gotten much better over the off season. And I just I don't have much. I don't have all that much faith, but they have talent. So it basically comes down to can their coaching staff and can they actually play to what they possibly can do. And we'll see. Yeah, they're a weird team for me as well. They're a trick-or-treat team. You mentioned 8-9 and nine being their ceiling. That's what I have them as, 8-9. and nine. So I took the over, mm-hmm. but I didn't feel great putting them over 500, though I could see that. I don't trust that with Carson Wentz, as we saw last year, especially with Week 18. He's got the Jaguars, the worst team in the league, and they lose and miss the playoffs. So, you know, Wentz is very trick-or-treat. 
both on offense and just his health. You never know. He could play one game. He could play every game. You just never know if Carson wins. That's the never. only thing with them. They do have Taylor Heineke, who has showed to be a definitely more than serviceable quarterback oh, coming in. They still have Heineke. I did not realize that. Yeah, I was gonna say they still have Heineke. Like he was originally, I thought he was gonna be the starter until they obviously acquired Carson Wentz. But like, they still have Heineke. So like, if Carson Wentz does go down for a few games, they do have a solidified backup who can go up there and win you a game for sure. Can win you a game. So, I have this team. They could make the playoffs. I'm not betting on it. That's kind of how I did it. I would not be surprised if we see them go above 500, make the playoffs. But not betting on it. So eight and nine. If they did, that means their defense finally put it all together. Remember, they kind of gave Brady and the Bucks fits in oh, their home no, playoff. Yeah, they did because they have so much defensive front talent. They have Montres Sweat, Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne when healthy, Chase Young. So like they've got receivers. I was gonna say they've got. I was gonna say as I said they have Curtis Samuel, Jawan Dodson, Terry McLaurin. Like they've got. They've got some pieces. They got Andrew Norwell, who's a great guard. Trey I could Turner, definitely good card. Spoiler like, for some of the NFC East games for sure. It's gonna it's gonna just be it's really gonna come down to is their defense gonna pull it together and can Carson Wentz make plays late? Well, again, I think they could be. I'm seeing for me at max they could be around eight and nine, possibly nine and eight. But my I'd put their ceiling at eight and nine. You would have their ceiling around like almost ten wins. A little different, but. I just don't have them being that great. Yeah, ten and seven is probably my ceiling for them. The Dallas Cowboys. Speaking of over, ten and seven, their over under is ten and a half. You have them right at ten wins. Ten wins. Yep. So you got to push there. Okay. Yes, I do. I have them at ten wins. Uh, what do you have them at? Before I go on with them. Nine and eight. Yeah, my nine and eight. Okay. Um, very fair. I very agree. The, they have a lot of talented pieces on their team. They did get worse over the offseason, and I don't, I just don't have f- too much faith in them. They lost Amari Cooper, and then, I mean, not just going down to the numbers, but like Dak has been progressively worse without Amari Cooper than with him. Michael Gallup is out right now. He'll obviously be back. But so, so they have CeeDee Lamb, who could have a big year. Zeke, who has taken a step back. They don't have Tyron Smith right now. They obviously, obviously this most happened. What? I said they won't have Tyron most of the season. Yeah. So they, obviously this happened like a couple of years ago, but they're still searching for it. Losing uh, Travis Frederick at center really hurt them. He, he was a, Tyron Smith was their best offensive lineman. Uh, Travis Frederick was their most important he at center. He just put everything together, which is also a reason going back to what the Bucks we're talking about with Ryan Jensen not being there. That could be very interesting too. Um, they've got pieces. That, they've got some interesting pieces defensively. Obviously Trayvon Diggs. They've got Demarcus Lawrence. They've got Leighton Vanderesh, depending if he can come back. And obviously their stud is Micah Parsons. But they've got some talent. But I mean they're the Cowboys, so they'll manage to lose a couple games they shouldn't. I don't trust Mike McCarthy really all that much, and ten. And I think they're just talented enough, and they play in one of the worst divisions. So, I think they can manage to get the ten wins. Yeah, I uh, I think this division is going to be weirdly competitive. Actually, um, I was already leery of the Cowboys. Like I already was leery of them. Weary, maybe I'm losing <laughs> using the wrong word there, but. 
by the way, that was the uh, word on Wordle today, leery. Oh, was but it? it was. But let me look that up because it's bothering me. Oh, yo, you go. I'll, I'll look it up. You're going to look it up? Yeah, I'll look it up. You keep going. All right. All right. So had him a nine and eight. I'm not a big Mike McCarthy guy. I was not feeling good about their offseason. Then Tyron Smith goes down. That was enough to me to put them out of the playoffs. Uh, there still is talent there. It's just, I think next year is the year for them where we can really get excited about the Cowboys if you want to. Because uh, it's always fun to hate the Cowboys. But I just think this is going to be a kind of a lame duck year. I think Mike McCarthy's out of there at the end of this year. I think they get Sean Payton just because that's been rumored since he was like in the middle of his Saints run. Uh, I think that'd be the best thing for them. I do think Zeke Elliott's going to have a good year. I, I think but, not great, but I think he's. I think people. I think people are either too high or too low on him for the most part. Like I think. I think, he, I think he'll have a better year than Dak. You know what I mean? Like a more positive year mm -hmm. than Dak. Interesting, so, but yeah, I could I could see it. So, uh, Kyle, you're normally grammatically correct, and you uh, stand to be grammatically correct. Correct again. Uh, leery, cautious, or wary due to realistic suspicions. So you isn't. Use, isn't weary the same thing though? Weary is like when you become tired of something. Oh, okay. So like, right. so like it's weird because it was actually when I was looking up, it was like leery versus weary, like the difference between them. So weary is right. when you're just becoming tired or showing tiredness or something. Like we became weary of the Patriots winning Super Bowls. Like we're just becoming tired of it. And then leery of like, yeah, kind of that. Got you. But yeah, no, nah, I got. Good job. Always under. In the playoffs. Uh, I'm going to try to move us along here because we got the AFC coming up and we still have two, or sorry, yeah, two NFC East teams left. So, for sure, the Philadelphia Eagles, their over under is nine and a half. I'm just going to go by math here. I think we both have them over. Yep. I got them 11 and six. I think they won the division. Uh, I agree. I have them at 13 and four and the best record in the NFC. I'm not even saying that's like the most crazy thing. I just was not expecting that. Woo. Okay. Yeah, the, the Eagles are my regular season team in the NFC. I'll say that. Okay. Uh, and yeah, I'm just going to move us along here. Giants, their over under is, I believe they're eight and a half off top, seven and a half. Seven and a half, the Giants, which I originally thought was high, but I actually went slightly over. I got them at eight and nine. So I have this as a really competitive NFC East, which makes for a fun year. When it's competitive NFC East, it's a fun football season. That's correct. It's same with like the AL, the um, AL East in baseball. When you got the Red Sox, Yankees going at it, it's fun. But uh, I was not expecting uh, yeah, ran random drop. Got you know, got to get the baseball viewers up. Obviously, uh, <laughs> yeah. I have the Giants under that. I have them at five and twelve. They're a team that I always feel is going like they're too injury ridden. I don't trust Daniel Jones. I think these games, like, I think this these uh, games can be competitive. I just think that the better teams are going to come out on top comparatively to you, where you think it can be more of like a mixed match. One thing I wanted to say before we go into the AFC, because I know we're going to go through the AFC uh, a little bit quicker, uh, the mm -hmm. Eagles, with all their additions, they're a, dark, they're a dark horse to get to the Super Bowl. Obviously, you think they can, because any team that goes 13-4 and four has a chance of going to the Super Bowl. But picking up A.J. Brown, they still have Devontae Smith moving him to number two. They have one of the best offensive lines in the league. They've got pieces all over that defense, too, as well. Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts. If Jalen Hurts is can take them, there is no reason why he shouldn't be able to take that next step. Now he's been in the system for a while. 
he really should be able to take that next step. So we'll see what Jalen Hurts is this year. But that Philadelphia Eagles, and also I want to shout out Nate Ogden because guy I work with, he called the A.J. Brown trade before the A.J. Brown trade was even talked about. So I just wanted to call him, told him I'd shout him out in here, so I just want to shout out Nate. To the Eagles? Yeah, he shouted. He said this before even the draft <laughs> happened, before the trade happened. Like before the trade happened, like a week, week and a half before it, he – I guess he had inside sources. I have no idea, but whatever he said, he said, "Yeah, AJ Brown's gonna be an eagle," and AJ Brown became an eagle before I had before I heard anything about it too. So I told him I give him credit, give him a shout out when we did the NFL. So there's a shout out. Yeah, if Hertz can be slightly above average, this team can be more than dangerous. Uh, the Giants, Giants, I agree with you. That I originally had them at <clears throat> a five and twelve, six and eleven team. <clears throat> Excuse me, goddamn, but. Like I said, I think the NFC East will kind of beat up on each other outside uh-huh. of the Eagles. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're still talent. They still got – say what you want about Daniel Jones, but he's one of those guys who can make some throws, can have good games here and there. It feels like Maybe. Eli had just a worse version. Like, where yeah, like I'll, Eli can just made like had random game. I mean, Eli's a little like more round, well rounded and everything. Obviously, a more athletic, a more athletic Eli. Yeah, a but like ath- Daniel Jones just has those random games where like he makes random throws and like like they competed with the Bucks the other like a couple years back and like they almost beat them. I was like, okay, I did not expect that. But anytime I watch him play, I'm like, oh man, like that's a not just a good throw, a great throw. You know what I mean? You'll see him do that from time to time. He famously had that one. Yeah, that famously had that breakaway run. Where he had no one in front of him and he tripped up. That's probably the highlight or low light of his career. But yeah, I think basically attributing it to a a competitive middle of the pack, and I think they eke it out on some talent because again, they gotta could possibly have a full year of Saquon here, and uh, you know that makes a difference. But moving on to AFC, AFC North, the Bengals over under kind of low. I thought their over under is nine and a half wins. Oh, Keenan, what that's not over. What's the record? Twelve and five. Ooh, I got them at eleven and six. I uh, there's usually a Super Bowl hangover for the losers, and I kind of wanted to put them in that group, especially with how healthy the Ravens got. But they really did address all their needs, and it's never a bad thing to make the Super Bowl when you're not supposed to, because they were not supposed to be there. No, last that, year. That, that's but the, the thing, thing about it. I thought the this thing year with was going to be have there. So much Sorry, go ahead. No, sorry, sorry to interrupt you. I was gonna say I that you're completely correct on that. I said I thought this year was gonna be the year because last year I was like I think they're gonna be kind of like how we had the we'll say the Lions, not the same kind of thing or the Saints. I'll even give like like they have pieces here. They could possibly make it. They might just need another year. I thought that that was going to be them last year, and then they obviously blew those out of the water. So I thought this year was gonna be the year they were gonna compete. So and let's be clear, the games they won. Uh, I can't remember the only ones are what was the third team they played? Oh wait, they played okay, that's right. They played the Raiders. They played the Raiders, they, they should have won that game. They played the Titans, that one was a weird one, then they played the Chiefs and that one was also a weird one. Yeah, the Titans and Chiefs should have won their games. Like they kinda both, especially the Chiefs, gave away their games and the Bengals kinda ended up there. And I really do believe if the Rams, you know, Odell stays healthy that game, I think they blow the Bengals out of the water. But it ended up being a decent Super Bowl. But I do, I think they go over. Uh, wouldn't be surprised if they took a step back. Like, they're still they're still makings for that. You know, Burrow still tends to hold the ball a little bit, still tends to take hits. Uh, but there's just way too much talent on this team to believe otherwise. So I do think they go 11-6. and six. 
Uh, I'm just going to move us on here because we can we'll get to our playoffs after this. For sure. The the Cleveland Browns they're over under. Shit, let me find it. My fault. Cleveland Browns over under. <laughs> this is generous. Eight and a half. Over. Did you go over or under, Keenan? I have under. I have them at seven wins. They're going to be a team. Kind of like I have uh, the Steelers as well. We'll, we'll talk about the record, but I think they're going to be a team that can compete with games. It'll come down to the fourth quarter because I don't think Jacoby Brissett's bad at all. And then obviously Deshaun comes back, funny enough, against the Texans. So mm. um, we'll see when Deshaun Watson comes back. Maybe if he can kind of hit the ground running a little bit, you can maybe they can eke out a couple wins at the end. But I got him at 7 and 10. I'm at 6 11. They have a lot of talent. Uh, Shouts to Jacoby Brissett, former Patriot, great, but I just don't see it for him. He had a terrible, he had a terrible Dolphins run. Uh, I think he even played with the Texans in there a little bit. I don't remember, but I just don't see it for them. I see six and eleven. Deshaun gets a few of those wins too when he comes back, which that's a whole interesting situation. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens, they're over under nine and a half. Did you have them over or under nine and a half wins, Keenan? Easily over. Sorry, their over under was ten and a half. Oh, they're not easily over, but over still. I did too. I had them at eleven and six. I have them tied for the Bengals. See, I have them at I had them at eleven and six. So really, what happened was both teams are eleven and five going into um, week eighteen, and they play each other in Cincinnati. Uh-huh. The winner of the that, the, yeah, I have the Bengals winning that game, and that's why they have the division. Uh, my thing is, which is pretty much anyone, anyone's prediction. If you're bullish on the Ravens. You got, they're a contender, and they got as ravaged by injury as you could last year. Like they lost, they were eight and three before Lamar went down, and they had everybody out. Exactly, and uh, they're coming back fully healthy. Lamar's in a contract year. Uh, I'm really bullish on this Lamar season. I'll say that I'm really bullish on this Lamar season. So I think I got them both at eleven and six. So I don't actually have a division winner. Uh, just to be contrarian here, I'll say the Ravens win that last game and it breaks a tiebreaker for them, okay. and they win. The- but uh, yeah, I think we're gonna get some unbelievable Bengals and Ravens games. And uh, you know, we've been talking about divisional games, much like the NFC South. The AFC North gets fucking crazy every year, uh, unlike the AFC East, unlike the AFC South, because that could be a fucking boring division. The AFC, the AFC West North- is gonna be phenomenal. Absolutely, and we'll get to them. But the AFC North, no matter who are the quarterbacks, who the teams are, you can count on entertaining games. 100%. For them. Always. So, uh, let's the, move on. What, Go ahead. I was going to say, other than usually the Browns until these last like three years. True. And even them, they're they were entertaining. Still, that was entertaining. Just being the Browns. <laughs> uh, it's Pittsburgh Steelers. They're over under a seven and a half. Over under seven and a half. Team. I wanted to put them over, but I ended up having them under at six and 11. I got them over at eight and nine. Uh, More than fine with that. It's basically a Tomlin pick, Mike Tomlin. Uh, I'm not a big fan of Mr. Trubisky, but I think he's an upgrade over Roethlisberger from last year. Um, who's their other quarterbacks? Pickens. May, uh, they have Pickens, and then they have Mason Rudolph. Or Pickens, yeah, rather. Sorry. They have George Pickens at wide receiver. Kenny Pickett. I said that backwards. Yeah, quarterback. Kenny Pickett. People are saying it could be him, judging by the preseason as their starter. I think they'll have Trubisky in there for a few. Either way, I think they compete. They're one of those teams, even during Big Ben's reign, he was always due to miss a few games just because of the style of play. And no matter who they put in, a lot of years it was Charlie Batch. 
But no matter who they put in, especially with Mason Rudolph, they'd even compete with him. So Tomlin's used to playing with bad quarterbacks or less than power quarterbacks. Even last year, Big Ben, they get a playoff berth out of him, and he was he couldn't do anything. You know, so uh, they're, they're a team that they're a team that if they had. If even everything breaks Derek, right. If they had, I mean, they they could make the playoffs with this team now. If they had someone even like Derek Carr, they could be a sleeper for a super. They have all of it. I just think that really it's going to come down to a lot of fourth quarters. It's going to come down to Mitchell Trubisky, and I just am not going with it. But if they, they, again, if they win ten and seven, it wouldn't even really shock me all that much. I mean, it's a big reason why I have the Ravens and Bengals at the same record because I feel like the Steelers can at least steal one here from mm-hmm. each of them. That's fair. Very fair. So uh, let's move on to the AFC South. This is this is gonna go quick. Yeah, this is the most boring division to do. It was depressing. Uh, the Colts, Indianapolis Colts, they're over under. I felt like this was. Uh, I won't say it's generous, but nine and a half. I pushed here. I have my nine and eight. What do you have? I see. I that's the one thing that we're gonna disagree on. I actually have faith in the Colts this year. I like. I think they got better, and I have them at eleven and six. I think I do think they got better, but I also think this is a competitive division, as you'll see as we go through these records. So yeah, no, I know. I was gonna say I like the Colts this year. I think they can. I think they're a team that's like a dark horse. I think they've got a really good defense. Offensively, they obviously have like arguably the best running back in football. They got Matt Ryan, who's gonna be more reliable than Carson Wentz. They've got one of the best offensive lines in football. I think the the Colts are a team that could. I think be play spoiler even in the playoffs to a team or two that you would expect to not, but go on. Jacksonville Jaguars over under six and a half. Six wins. So I have kind of a push, but technically it'd be under. So six and eleven. Technically would be under. Actually, yeah, you're right. Uh, so yeah, there's no pushes when it's a half. You're right. <laughs> but uh, I got them slightly over at seven and ten, yeah. which was surprising. But like I said, I think this is. I think it's going to be some ugly football games, but I think it's going to be competitive divisional games. Ugly though, uh, I don't have much more to say about that. I think Houston, Tra- I, I was going to say. I, wait, I was going to say. I think Trevor Lawrence has a better has a better year. Travis Etienne's good. I think they have some weapons offensively, defensively. It's going to be interesting, and they don't have a uh, they don't have a predator of the offensive or as a coach anymore. So they'll probably do yeah, a little bit better. of a coach as you could possibly get. So yeah, <laughs> I have Trevor Lawrence being a little better, having a seven and ten. Uh, Houston Texans, they're over under is four and a half. Under. What do you have? Under. Yeah, I have them two and 15. I do not have them that bad. I have them actually the same record as the Jags. I have them at seven and 10. They were, uh, look, Davis Mills, he can play. He's so they not have a bad. Good he really isn't bad. Damian Pierce has been the star of the preseason after getting shut down after one game. He outright won the job. Lovey Smith is above average coach. He's been to a Super Bowl. He's uh, above 500 winner. He's a defense, one of the better defensive coaches you can have, period, whether it's as a coordinator or as your head coach. So this defense is going to be good. I think this offense is going to be competitive. Really, I should have knocked the Jags a little more because I think the Texans are really the spoiler in this division. Obviously not, you know, a winning record, but I do have each of 7 and 10. And uh, if we want to move right to the Titans, their over-under is 9.5. I have them at nine wins. So I got both the Colts and the Titans at nine and eight and both the Jags and the Texans at seven and 10, which is definitely generous for both, if not one of those teams. So yeah, Titans at nine and eight and missing the playoffs. Uh, Exactly the same. They traded AJ Brown. Their offensive line isn't great. Tannehill 
though he looked a lot better in Tennessee than he did in Miami, after last year's playoff game, I think it's kind of like, all right, the shine wore off kind of thing. You know what I mean? That new car shine is kind of gone. Well, yeah, because so, he was playing. He was playing kind of like almost out of his mind a little bit for a little. He was, he was playing really, really well for a while, and then he kind of came back down to being Ryan Tannehill last year. Because like the year before, he was thirty-three to seven, like touchdown to interception. The year before that, he was really good. He came back down to what we all think of what Ryan Tannehill is: a good starting quarterback, back half of the top ten to twenty, around like fifteen to nineteen. Good. Do let me say, though. Do let me say they got. They're gonna get Derrick Henry back. Of course. Uh, this is a team. I mean, they were the one seed last year, and yes, they got worse. But I do like Rabel as a coach. Yeah. I could see. I could see them somehow get to double digits. Everyone's oh, yeah. off them. Every single person's off them. Apparently, including us. We got them at nine and eight and missing the playoffs. But there is a world where this is an eleven win team. They're back in the playoffs. Derrick Henry's killing people again, and. uh you know, that's my biggest factor there is Derrick Henry. And like we said, Tannehill isn't a bad quarterback at all. He's a starting quarterback. You know, he's not a backup. Uh, no, like, but it's that shine wore off because, yeah, there were, I mean, I think I picked them to be in my Super Bowl last year. If not, definitely in the AFC Championship game last you year. You were the only one. And, uh, you know, just the shine wore off. But, again, the middle of the pack for in the AFC and NFC is literally – pick your record it's literally what you like because you just never fucking know with these teams the elite teams the elite teams we named such as like the ravens Bengals, packers bucks eagles rams barring injury they're all going to be in that double digit range unless one of these teams does show up you know like the saints like and we'll get to the afc west here but you know there's going to be some teams that possibly knock them off or you know someone's going to lose their best player to injury or this or that. So you just never know. But yeah. the middle of the pack is literally pick what you like and pick a record, you know? Or if you don't, like, as we've seen here, your bad teams are really bad. All of my bad teams, I give a little more wins literally just because of that 17th game. And you just never know. It's a long season. So, uh, so yeah. So Titans, one of those teams that are either going to be in that 7 and 10 range could be 11 and 6. You just never know. We each pick kind of in the middle there at 9 and 8. But let's move on to the most exciting division in football, the AFC West. Denver Broncos, Keenan. They're over under. Sorry, right here. 10 and a half. What do you have there over? Did you pick over or under 10 and a half games? Under. I went under as well. I got them at 9 and 8. You got them at 9 and 8. I've got them at 9 and 8. I thought you were going to have them higher, honestly. That was one of the teams I thought you were going to be, like, real strong on. I like them. Obviously, I think you're getting Russell Wilson instead of Drew Locke. Obviously, it's an upgrade. I like them. I don't love, love them. I think, like, they've got all the makings to be a team that's really, really good. Like, and they have all the makings of being, like, a contender. I just personally, I don't know. I'll I believe like the it when other, I see I just, it. I, same. Same. I'm in that kind of like I believe it when I see it. Like they have good defensive pieces. They have good. They have a good offense. They just they have everything they need. It's just like that, put it together. It's kind of like how I almost feel about the Jazz to cross sports. It's like they had everything with Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert. They had what they needed to win, but it was like a I'll believe they'll get to the conference finals when I see it. It's kind of. Uh, I don't know if they had. Oh, the Jazz had everything. They definitely yeah, had. Jazz had. Jazz definitely had, had really start. mostly of at least they played like their record wise and the way they played. They had enough to make a conference finals at some point. It'd be I, more. I think that'd be more apt if 
if Donovan Mitchell was, let's say Jimmy Butler was yeah, in well, Donovan. That's fair. You know, that's how I feel about Russell Wilson because Russell Wilson, had he performed well in those last Seahawks games when he came back after that finger injury, had he looked good, I probably would put this team over some of these other teams in the AFC West. I have the Broncos as the worst team at nine and eight. Um, well, that's right. Hopefully that's not. Hopefully that's not giving away too much here. But uh, yeah, it's a show me pick. They, you know, they surprised the hell out of me the other day when they gave Russ the extension. Um, so you know, maybe that's saying he is the guy. He hasn't taken a step back, but to me, he doesn't look the same. I don't think that means he's a bad quarterback or even like at the end of the line. But I do think in a competitive division. There's this question marks. He's that no means- longer a top five quarterback to me where he was True. in that conversation. He is no longer a top five quarterback to me. He, and it's not saying that he can't, like he can be, a, he's good enough right now to be a Super Bowl winning quarterback. We've seen quarterbacks win worse. He's definitely, he can make the throws, makes the plays, know how to do it. He's been there. He's won one already. So what, what they have going for them, they have a defense. Yep. They have a running game. Mm-hmm. They have a home field advantage. That can all mask some bad Russ games. You know what I mean? And if he can give them enough, who knows? Then, that being said, if he is Russell Wilson, sky's the limit for this team. It really is. So I was going to say, because obviously he's had, like, if you look at his stats over the last four years, they're like just looking at the numbers. The numbers look fine. Like, the numbers look very good. It's just, he's had, if you remember, if you just remember watching the games, like two years ago, he was on MVP pace. He was the favorite halfway through the season. Then just, weirdly tailed off he came back too early from the finger injury and even though his stats didn't like take a huge dip to where it was really really noticeable it was still like he was weird it's just like you didn't feel i didn't feel as confident in russell wilson as i did the years prior so yeah, he did not look, he did not like look like the elite russ yeah he came back he looked very even. good russ but he just didn't look like the elite russ so we'll let's see. move on we'll see yeah let's move on to everybody's darling, one of their darlings, I should say, because there's a few of those teams, but the Los Angeles Chargers, they're over under also 10 and a half. I've got them slightly over at 11 and six. I've got them slightly under at 10 and seven. Okay. Making the playoffs. Same. Uh, What's to be said that hasn't been said, this team, you could argue, has the most talent in the league. Uh, Everybody's picking them to at least be a contender, if not a Super Bowl participant or champion it's hard not to they got their offensive line better they got they obviously picked up Khalil Mack they got JC Jackson they have Asante Samuel Jr. at the other quarterback they are corner they just gave Derwin James a fat old contract because he's one of the best safeties in the league got probably MVP maybe favorite in Herbert Austin Eckler great back Keenan Allen Mike Williams like they have if you're going down they're one of those one of those Chargers teams, like when you saw with Phillip Rivers, but I just think Justin Herbert has more talent than Rivers, but obviously we'll see if he's better. But those Chargers teams back in the day that had Sean Marion, um, John Merriman, they had... Uh, yeah, Lin- Marion sounds great. Yeah, that's to say, Sean Merriman. You had, uh, <laughs> you had LT, you had Antonio Gates, you had like all these pieces on their team that was like, which is why they always competed, but they just never got over the hump. So we'll see if this Chargers regime can... Do what the other ones couldn't. Difference was though they had Schottenheimer, Marty Schottenheimer as coach some of those years. Philip Rivers, 
a truly elite quarterback, which we, we could say about Herbert, but he doesn't have a playoff berth yet. Uh, and they had some 13 and three years there. Also, they were 14 and two year, if I believe remember correctly. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. I believe so. Uh, and the big difference, and this is the biggest difference, and this is mainly why I have them at 10 and seven instead of even like a 12 win team. Those Chargers played in San Diego and had a true home field advantage. The Chargers have no home field advantage. Mm-hmm. Example, this game on Sunday versus the Raiders. Raiders faithful is in L.A. and Oakland, all right, let alone Las Vegas. That's going to be a Raiders home game. Yeah, so, uh, definitely. And, you know, we'll get to it in our picks in part two, but that's a must win for the Chargers, not because it's a divisional game or anything like that, but that's one if you're the team everyone's saying you are, you got to win that game at home against a division rival. Uh, but yeah, 10 and 7 in the playoffs. Let's move on here. Kansas City Chiefs, the Chiefs of Kansas City. Uh, you know, Joe waxed poetically about the Chiefs last week, and I couldn't agree more with them. They're, by the way, they're also at 10 and a half of their over under, just like the Broncos, just like the Chargers. I went over at 12 and 5. Keenan, what do you got to ask? Over at 12 and 5. So, um, I mean, I mean, just like the Packers lost a – I mean, obviously the Packers have, like, a more well-rounded team and everything like that. But obviously the Packers lost a top receiver, but we don't think that their offense is really going to take, a like, that big of a hit. Like, as Joe said, and as people like, – they have Travis, Kelsey. They ha- they got Juju, who a few years back was a real – obviously when Antonio Brown was really, really good. Now he still has a number one guy to take off a little bit of pressure from him. Scantling can get deep. Uh, Sky Moore is an interesting rookie. McCole Hardman has speed. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. They've got a few pieces on defense. They've got one of those bend-but-don't-break defenses. And then, last but certainly not least, they have Patrick Mahomes. So, like, that's that's really what it comes down to. They have Patrick think- Mahomes with a, great, with a really good offensive line. They, their offensive line has got tremendously better over the years. Yeah, I think this could be a potentially scary year for the Chiefs. Uh, I think a lot of teams are not talking about, or a lot of people are not talking about the Chiefs. A lot of people are writing them off. I think the opposite. I think they're more well-rounded. I think they're extra hungry after how last year ended. Mm-hmm. Uh, they still have Andy Reid, and like you said, Mahomes. And if Mahomes, just quickly on Mahomes, if the line's better, so he's got time. If he's not going for the home run, he's really simpling his game down to where the home run shot is when you need it. That is scary for the rest of the league for the rest of his career. Because if he's hitting that point, which we'll see, good night to the league. Because he's got the most ability out of all these quarterbacks. To We've seen it all. It's a jump shot. Good night. <laughs> what it is. You, you give Giannis a three-point shot. Good night. You give Mahomes time, and he's going to take the underneath routes. And he's going to hit every open person rather than try to go for the home run, which. You know, it's easy to say he doesn't have that anymore with Tyreek Hill, but me, Cole Hartman, you know, he's right there too. All this Gantley can get up the field. Gantley can get deep. They got some good speed backs. Uh, <laughs> Juju can give you some deep routes too. They're going to be dangerous. I'm weirdly, I don't want to sound like a bandwagon Chiefs fan here. Obviously, I'm past loyal to the core, but I am weirdly excited for this Chiefs season. I don't know what it is, but I think they're going to have a fun year. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. That's that's really it. Let me move on to the Raiders here because we still got the AFC East. The Las Vegas Raiders, they're over under the worst out of the four teams at eight and a half. They're a playoff team last year. I have them over at 10-7. Uh, 
Same as the Chargers. I had them making the playoffs. So I have the Chargers, Chiefs, Raiders all make the playoffs at the AFC West. I have them under at 8 and 9, and I have the Broncos, Chiefs, and Chargers making the playoffs. It was really hard to choose between them. Honestly, it came down to one of them had to miss, and I I feel, obviously, as I was talking about, I'm weary on a little, little weird, not weary, leery, little leery, leery little leery on Russell Wilson, a little bit, a little nervous. But obviously, I still think that Russell Wilson can get it done. I think that rushing game's really, really good. If you told me that Vegas won 11 games, it wouldn't shock me in the least. I think this team is really good. It really just comes down to that division's going to be a bloodbath, and somebody's going to get left out of it. And I have the Raiders getting left out. New, as I say, they, they've had the, a lot of switch, obviously, with the new coach. They got Devontae Adams, but at the same time, they did pick up Chandler Jones, and then the other turn, they did get Devontae Adams. Obviously, Josh McDaniels, we'll see how he is as a head coach again because his Broncos days. Obviously, I think he had the Tebow year, which was really a weird year for that, but like he wasn't that the was greatest. That, that was John Fox. He oh, that was draft. John Fox. So he, dropped, so he drafted he Tebow, and then he got out of there. So he was weird on that. Obviously, I he— I want to say they made the playoffs his first year. I could be wrong. That was forever. Yeah, I was going to say, he was, I was gonna say, I remember he wasn't great as a head coach, obviously, because he's no longer—he wasn't there. And then he put his right foot in, then took his right foot out on the uh, to the hokey pokey on the Colts. So that was cool. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, this team definitely has all the makings to— be a playoff team for sure. I just think one of the teams in that division won't be, and I came down to being the Broncos and the Raiders. I got the Broncos making it, the Raiders not. Yeah, he actually went eight and eight his first year as Broncos head coach, then went three and nine and was fired yeah. mid season. So uh yeah, he's my biggest question mark for them. Much like uh hold on, sorry. Messed up something. But much like the Chargers here. My two questions with the Chargers and the Raiders is their head coach. Staley, who is an offensive coach, sure. Uh, I did, as I mentioned last podcast, do not like his decision making at all. Fair. Um, so I think he's the weak point for the Chargers. The Raiders, if you've listened to this podcast the last, you know, two or three years, you've heard me rant about how much I do not like Josh McDaniels. So, you know, I don't think he'll be as, you know, conservative with this team. He's got Derek Carr, who's a big-arm quarterback. He's got Devontae Adams, who is his type of receiver, by the way, an outstanding route runner. Uh, I think McDaniels is going to get extra creative with him. And the addition of Chandler Jones to an already talented playoff team who was in turmoil last year. Remember that. they This team, if you would have just took a picture of them midseason and said, hey, given everything that's going on here, will they make the playoffs? I would have said no. They had the drug situation. Obviously, they had the John Gruden situation. I think... Derek Carr really showed me stuff. I think I was. I think personally, Derek Carr might be the most underrated quarterback in the league. I really. I agree. I really I, like Derek Carr. Into, he turned me into a fan. He turned I me into agree. a fan. Same with me. I was. I was one of these guys who thought he was like a uh, a Jay Cutler. You know, not to throw him in there, but all the talent, but never, or even like a Kirk Cousins can yeah. put up the stats, but can't get you in that point. He, even in that game against the Bengals, he played really well. Uh, I think he ended up. What he threw a pick at the end of the game on that very last play or fumbled mm-hmm. something happened, but nah, he really impressed me, which is why I gave them the edge over the Broncos. And uh, Fair. I don't can't say I like them over the Chargers, but you know, in a way, I do. In a way, I do. They got a lot of talent. They had a lot of talent anyway. 
they're going to get healthy or they're getting healthy. They've got, like you said, a great free agent class between Chandler Jones and then the trade for Devante. Uh, but how McDaniels is as a head coach, we'll see. Let's yeah. move on to the East. Uh, last but not least, no argument here from anybody. Everybody's, you want to talk about a darling, everybody's Super Bowl pick right here. The Buffalo Bills, their over under is 11 and a half. Keenan, over or under 11 and a half wins for the Buffalo Bills. I have them over. I have them slightly under at 11 and six. I, I, I have them over, and I might be. And I see here's the thing. Regular season wise, they're kind of like the Eagles are for you. I have them fourteen and three. I don't see them losing oh. any games. I really like they're they could possibly go twelve and five because they do have they had do have some tough ones. I was gonna say they have obviously they have the Ravens, the Chiefs, the Packers, the Ravens, Chiefs. I'm not non division games. Ravens, Chiefs, Packers, Bengals, Rams. I think so. They could. I think those out of those games, they could go. Three and two, and then either a loss to the Dolphins or Patriots, and otherwise, I think they could run the table with their schedule. So that's where I have them at. That's where I have them at three losses. Yeah, I don't have them that dominant. I really but, don't, and that's I fine. Do. I get it, but that's they're, me. they're a contender for me. Obviously, I put them under just because, like with everybody, like the really the only standouts I really have really is the Eagles. If you want to say that, you know, I got the Chiefs at twelve. I have them as the class of the AFC, but the Bills, look, the way they lost last year as a contending team, kind of like the Chiefs, kind of in the same boat. I think they're extra motivated. Uh, I don't have belief in them and the elite teams as you do. You know what I mean? I don't think they'll kind of run the table on these elite teams with their hard schedule. I do think it'll balance out, but you know, I think they'll kind of split. That's why I got the 11 and six. And see, that's fair. They gave you five really tough games. And obviously they play the dolphins twice, the Patriots twice. So they could go, they could go like say five and five and that, and then run pretty much run the table elsewhere that put them at about 12 and five, 11 and six. So it may make sense for sure. Also, I'll say two things. Like I think and we'll get to the passing dolphins. I don't think those are, in any way, easy games for no, them. Not at all. After the not, at all. Uh, not only that, before the postseason, they did not look the greatest on offense last year. It's not like Josh Allen was, you know, fucking Brett Favre last year either. Like he had a great postseason run, mm-hmm. but in the regular season, it didn't look great. Mind you, they lost to the Jaguars last year too. So they had a couple real ugly games, but that's why I have them at 11 and 6. Uh, let's move on here because we got our week one picks to do as well. Still got awards and our playoffs. Uh, the Miami Dolphins over under is eight and a half. I've got them over at nine and eight. That's what I figured you would have if you were gonna go over. I have them slightly under at eight and nine. Uh, it's really how you feel about Tua. You said something I thought was semi blasphemous when you said he was either better or on par with Mac Jones. I don't even know if Dolphins fans would say that. Um, he's someone who I really did like coming out of Alabama, but I haven't seen it in the NFL. If you want to play devil's advocate, you could say this guy's had X amount of coordinators, some weird head coaching situation. Is that a dog? No. Oh, I heard a dog bark. But uh, <laughs> no, 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 there's no dogs. But they got talent. They got a decent offensive line. They've got an offensive-minded head coach. Uh. 
it's all set up for Tua. It's whether Tua will actually come through. Uh, I got them at eight and nine. They're not a playoff team, but I, you know, if they got ten wins, I wouldn't be shocked. If they got nine, I wouldn't be shocked. Obviously, if they're at eight, um, but yeah, that's where I have them. Do you have them as a playoff team? No, I have them. Not really, gonna, I have them um, close, but not. Let's move on to the New York Jets over under five and a half. I have them slightly under at five. I have them under at four, but they could be a team kind of not exactly. I think they're a little bit worse, but kind of like the Lions. Yeah, I think they can compete a little bit. Mm-hmm. They do. What kind of puts that out of the question for me, at least on the Lions level, is they got Flacco starting these first few games. So yes, that's a yeah, that definitely takes a hit. That's never good. Uh, let's move right on here to our New England Patriots, Keenan. They are also over under, same as the Dolphins, eight and a half. I had them, and this was really just, yeah, a homer pick. I gave it to them over the Dolphins at nine and eight, but it's not a confident nine and eight. Uh, I don't have them. I don't have, go ahead. I'll let you go. Same exact record. I have them nine and eight. I have them barely missing the playoffs. So I'll quickly explain. I have the Titans, Dolphins, Patriots, and Broncos all at nine and eight. And I have the Broncos winning tiebreaker wise and making the playoff. Mine's pretty similar. I have the Patriots missing the playoffs. Uh, Which I am thoroughly shocked to hear. Hey, they're just, I mean, I'll get to the Patriots in a sec. Let me go through my AFC playoff teams because you mentioned yours. Bengals and Ravens, mm-hmm. Colts as a division winner. I got the three AFC West teams, as I said, Chargers, Chiefs, Raiders, and then the Bills at 11-6. and six. But there's no 9-8 and eight team that made it other than the division winning Colts. Yeah, so. uh, I would say I have Buffalo at my one seed. I have Cincy at my two. I have KC at my three. I think that Cincy-KC game, I think Cincinnati wins and they get the tiebreaker. I've got Indy at the four. I've got Baltimore at five. I've got the Chargers at six. i got Denver at seven. Just I, just got kind of run I just got incredibly hyped that Cincy and the Chiefs play each other. That, I cannot wait for that. There's going to be so many good games. Uh, let, real quick on the Patriots. Uh, the Patriots fan base disgusts me. Like I haven't seen anybody on Twitter Granted, like, the ones who are diehard and ride or die for the Patriots, I really haven't seen any predictions from them. But the people, like, on, like, Mike Reese, who's a Patriots beat reporter, Tommy Curran, who is, I don't know if he's on the beat for them, but he's he's wrote for them for years. But the Patriots have a few writers like that who are brutally honest, okay? And anything they post, Patriots fans are underneath saying, oh, we're about to go 5-12, 6-11. Which, yeah, the floor is that for them. Okay, but let me say this, and I mentioned this last podcast. My biggest question mark is them having Pat Patricia as their offensive co-offensive coordinator with Joe Judge. Notice I did not even say Matt Patricia because he's not worth Keenan. Lions fans gladly got Matt Patricia the fuck out of town. Okay, yeah, we have Matt Patricia and Joe Judge Judy. Like I don't know what we're gonna do. For real, for real. We won Super Bowls with Matt Patricia as our defensive coordinator. Not one Patriots fan I saw was happy to have this guy back. We were happy to have him leave. Uh, After his performance in that Eagles Super Bowl, Flores... By the way, why the fuck didn't we welcome Flores back? That's what we should have got back was Flores. Grant, he went to the Steelers. That's why. But, man, the defense was night and day with basically the same roster with Flores on our team. Now we're putting this fucking guy who couldn't be aggressive on defense, didn't do anything as a head coach, right? Joe Judge was previously our special teams coach. We're giving them 
to Mac Jones, someone who we're putting a lot of promise in, who I didn't think McDaniels did a good job with. They clearly didn't trust him in certain situations, which I understand. I thought he had a little more ability than what they traded him. But as you said, they're paid a lot more than me, and they know. But I think most Patriots fans would say, hey, let Mac throw a little bit, which they will this year, I believe. But Belichick is preaching patience. Uh, he's always said this September is an extension of the preseason for him, even more so with only three preseason games. I think through six games is really where we want to see or where we're really going to tell what this Patriots team is. Uh, they're going to have to win with their defense, though, for those first six weeks. They do have a forgiving schedule in the middle of the season. Yeah, they start off tough, cake in the middle, very tough last seven games. I will say if they can win that first game against the Dolphins, that does a lot for them. But uh, it's going to be a lot of – it's going to be Belichick, a lot of this. Belichick and Mac making the simple throws. I would say that they could do what they did the last two years, which is focus on run heavy, which is probably what they will do. The difference is they're – going to run an outside zone scheme, which is what Mike Shanahan would run with his backs with Clinton Portis, Terrell Davis. That's not really Dame Harris and Ramondre. They're in between the tackles, downhill runners, kind of like Marshawn Lynch. Hasn't worked well for them at all. And again, you got fucking Matt Patricia, Pat Patricia, Patricia Matt. Don't give a fuck what this guy's name is. You got, with Pat, Joe you got Patricia like, Pat and Joe and Judge Joe. It actually seems like Belichick, who people are... Patriots fans in general, really just Patriots fans, not really anybody else. But Patriots fans act like Bill Belichick is like, I don't know, doesn't know football at all. When this guy knows more football than probably the whole combined has forgot. You know what I mean? Like that guy is an encyclopedia for football. But this is his most puzzling decision I've ever seen up there with benching Malcolm Butler in the Super Bowl. Uh, but, you know, why not just go hire a coordinator, especially if you've got that much faith in Matt Jones? I just don't understand it. If this team wins six and ten, I would be very surprised just because it's a Belichick coach team. But if they do go six and ten, it's because this offense never comes around and you know, there's way too much trust in Matt Patricia and crew. But that's it for me on the Patriots. I'll let you reply to that. Uh I'm I'm bullish on them though. I will say their offense, given all I said about their offense, they do have Devontae Parker, another year Jacoby Myers, uh Hunter Henry and John Smith. They got a great running back. Two great running backs, really, with Dame Harris and Ramondre. Probably going to see more Ramondre. We got year two of Matt Jones. Don't you like how I just said Keenan respond to that, and then I gave a whole offensive breakdown? <laughs> I'm letting, I was let, I'm letting I'm you. I'm going to let you so we can get on to predictions. All right. Um, so, essentially, so essentially, the Patriots, I, the, I mean, as I said, Judge Joe and Pat Patricia, I have zero confidence that they're going to run a formidable offense at all. The defense will manage to make its way. The defense will manage to make its way. I just think it's going to be too little too late because – improved. What? The defense is improved. I like where the defense is, and I think the I, defense – I don't fully – I don't like the loss of J.C. Jackson and Dante Hightower. I, don't, I understand that. We, I know we've picked up other pieces, and it's Bill Belichick, so Jonathan Jones will probably become just a really good corner, even though he's already been a really a good one. But yeah, no, I, I don't have a ton of faith in, but I think, I think the middle of the field where we got – we got a ton of safeties who are versatile. Mm, Kyle Duggar's great. Juwan Bentley, a middle linebacker's good. We got uh, Josh Uchi. And we got Jabril Peppers in there, which is a great mm. signing. I think the corner's the weak spot, but everywhere else we got faster. 
Uh, we got more explosive, which is where we need it. So we improved there. I don't like how we don't have a covered corner compared to, I don't know what, the last 10 years between Revis, uh, Akeem Tlaib. Asante down- Samuel, Tyler. <laughs> the, the one thing that Bill Belichick has always been high on is a corner, like a number one corner. It was literally Ty Law into Asante Samuel, and then we got uh, Darrell Revis for a couple of years, and I went to Akeem Tlaib, then I went into Stephon Gilmore. Like, we've always had and Even J.C. Bubba, Jackson. Even- even Butler and JC, like they stepped in perfectly. Mm-hmm. Butler over for Revis, and then he was in between Gilmore. And then, like you said, JC, he did well. So, the so one thing he's always been fine spending on is that corner because he knows if you have that number one corner who can go shut down a number two, then we have you can put double over the number one and then you can work from there because we've never, I mean, since the obviously early years, the pass rush hasn't always been ferocious. We had Chandler Jones, who was obviously very good. We had Trey Flowers, also very good. But there's been years where they get collective sacks, but we've never really had that. We don't really have often that guy who just can go get you 15. They have been more aggressive in years past with their with their uh, defensive line and linebackers as far as blitzing since Patricia left, really. Uh, and, yeah, I'm not worried about the defense. I'm worried about corner in some games but not as much as I'm worried about the offensive game planning. If offensive game planning goes well and they maybe start going back to in between the tackles, because they did try zone scheme last year for a little bit too. Uh, you know, like, again, I mentioned the Broncos and Shanahan, a lot like what the Texans ran with Arian Foster, that kind of thing. Like, you need a athletic swift back, which Harris is athletic, but again, they're more downhill backs. Uh, if this team does not perform again, it's going to be on the offense and the play calling more so than anything. So that's a lot. We gave you probably more on the Patriots than any team there, which is, you know, to be expected. Uh, Keenan. Yeah. Do you want to go awards next? That's what I have on my docket. Do you want to do that? Or do you want to do, yeah, let's do that. And then we'll do postseason mm-hmm. picks. Sound good. Yeah. Let's go right, right into it. Uh, let's go right into it. All right. 2022 NFL season awards, right? Kim, we'll do this rapid fire. Yep. So, uh, you want to go most important awards first or go backwards from comeback player of the year? Comeback player and then we'll go up. All right. I got a split here. It's kind of an either or thing. All right. Yep. My comeback player of the year, it will be a New Orleans Saint. Mm-hmm. Whether it's Jameis Winston or Michael Thomas, that's a Ooh. thing. I could, I'll decide right now and I'll say Michael Thomas. Ooh, okay. That's interesting. I actually have J.K. Dobbins uh, running okay. back for the race. I think that he could have about 1,200 yards this season, 1,300 yards. I think he could have a big year. So I th- I have uh, J.K. Dobbins. Michael Thomas Defensive. is a really good one, though. Defensive rookie of the year. Aiden Hutchinson. I understand that's the chalk pick. But, I mean, yep. again, he was the number one overall pick for a reason. So that's what I have. True. As I've said, I don't know – Usually, really anything, unless it's someone like Joe Burrow coming in, you know, as far as like prospects. So, mm-hmm. Aiden Hutchinson was the pick I saw from everybody. I went with Sauce Gardner just because of his name. I think that's the coolest name. So, I got Sauce. Yes, got him saucing. So, uh, offensive rookie of the year, who do you have? Drake London. I think, even though I have the Falcons being bad, I think that they're someone they got to throw for like 3,500 yards. And obviously Kyle Pitts is going to get a lot of attention. He'll probably get doubled most weeks. So I think Drake London being their number one, especially with Calvin Ridley being out, he could have a pretty solid rookie year. Do you think he's going to be rookie of the year on a one-win team? 
Yeah, I don't think I don't think for rookie of the year wins matter. Still though, you think he's gonna? All right. I think you could get like not. I I don't. A lot of the rookies right now. I mean, it'd be either him or Brees Hall on the Jets for like. I don't think there's a lot of rookies in great situations that are like top notch ones, and it's hard to predict a fourth round guy to be a rookie of the year. That's interesting. I've got Damian Pierce as my rookie of the year just based on the preseason buzz around him. Fair. Uh, so that's really it. So he could put up numbers. Like I said, I think the Texans are going to be competitive anyway. So that's really my roadway for him. Uh, defensive player of the year, Keenan, who do you have? Derwin James. I got Michael Parks. Ooh, okay. I would say Derwin uh, James has been my guy from since he's been at Florida State his freshman year. I love Derwin James. He's one of the best safeties in football, and I think he could have a phenomenal year backing that really good defense. I have a good guess, but who is your offensive player of the year? Justin Jefferson. Same. Coach of the year. Sean McDermott. I got Nick Cerini. Well, yeah, fair. I mean, you have the Eagles 13-4. I've got the Bills 14-3, and three, so it's kind of almost chalk in that sense for us, how we went to our picks. I almost wanted to go. I had Andy Reid there at one point, and then I also had Nick O'Connell, the, uh, the Vikings coach there yeah, at one point. I debated but, on him too. But I had too high of a record for it not to be Nick Starini after, you know, the years they had prior. Sure. MVP, who's your MVP of the league? Joey B. Joe Shiesty. I got, I got Pat Mahomes. See, I have I have uh, Burrow was my one, Allen was my two, Mahomes was my three, Herbert's my four, and if any one of them won it, I wouldn't be shocked. But yeah, I have Joe Shiesty. I think the overwhelming pick I've seen for MVP is Josh Allen. It's been and it's Allen like, and Herbert are the two. Yeah, and I I get it with those guys, but it's like I don't know. Usually, when you want to go heavy on a guy like that, their last name's Brady or Rogers. <laughs> you know what I mean? Not Josh. And don't get me wrong, Josh Allen's elite and Herbert. Is probably elite, but again, this guy hasn't even touched a playoff game. So, you know, am I am I wrong to say that right? He's this is no, he's, this, this is his third year. The first third year, year they weren't close. Yeah. Last year, he was um, pretty much a quarter away, and they didn't get in. So, yeah, that's right. They couldn't play for a tie. Anyway, Keenan, give me your NFC Championship matchup right now. Bucks Packers. I think it's a rematch of two years ago. I really wanted to put Rams Packers here. And the only reason I didn't, this is a dumb reason, but I think that was my same exact preseason pick last year. So I got the Rams over the Eagles, and I'm not even confident in that pick because my Eagles are more so a regular season pick more than it is a postseason pick. You feel me? So, yeah, I got Rams over Eagles, but that's more of a night before the season starts. Mm-hmm. I don't want to pick Rams-Packers again because, yeah, the Packers should be there and could be there. I almost also put the Vikings there, but kind of felt weird. So I got Rams over the Eagles, got the Rams back in the Super Bowl. Uh, I'll give you my AFC championship right now. We're going to have a rematch Chiefs of the class last year. Yes, Chiefs-Bills. Chiefs over the Bills. Got the Chiefs back in the game. Uh, I think that was also my AFC championship last year, but I really... I'm going to be honest with you. I had the Bills originally in my Super Bowl. Then I saw literally every analyst possible picking the bills to win it all and i'm like there's no like i don't know that just mm-hmm. i don't know i it have. just it rubs me the wrong way for some reason i don't know what it is maybe it's because i'm a lifelong patriots fan and in the afc east but to see this many people having this much confidence in the bills which i get because they do have a ton of talent i don't think the talent separates them from everybody though mm-hmm. and i think the 
I think the Chiefs are sleeping giant, and uh, I don't know. The Bills are also pretty cursed, as we've seen. Yeah. So, Chiefs over the Bills, a Chiefs Rams Super Bowl. Give me your AFC Championship, Keenan. I, I told you going into this, I didn't know. I've actually got Baltimore over Buffalo and Cincy over KC. So I have Baltimore, Cincinnati in the AFC. AFC, AFC Championship. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think where you're going with this, but I'm going to let you go. Uh, I, I don't actually. I have Baltimore going to the Super Bowl. Damn. So you're, you're going with your original guy, Lamar. Yeah, I no, like I Lamar has been my. Guy. I love. I, I see. I've become, I've loved Joe Burrow since college, but I loved Lamar. Lamar is my guy. I absolutely love Lamar. I wanted the Patriots to draft Lamar so bad, but um, yeah, no, I've got Baltimore. I think that people are just forgetting how good they were. I mean, they went eight and three. Obviously, I had them losing in the division. I think they lose the last game of the year, so the Bengals win. They go to Cincy, and I think they get revenge. I mean, it could not happen. They might see KC because KC plays Cincy again, and we never know. But I think that Bal- – I like I love Cincy this year, but I think Baltimore I- – I just love Lamar. I think he's going to have a good – I think he's going to have a really good year. And I think that you – know, I think this playoff run from Lamar is really going to solidify him and show people, like, yeah, he can play QB. Like, he can be, you know, like, that guy. You know what, Keenan? Just for that, just for that, just because – Again, I'm a lifelong Patriots fan, and it just doesn't hurt me to see the Bills suffer, even though, like, I don't hate the Bills. Like, I hate the Jets. If you gave me a team to hate, the Bills are probably third out of those AFC teams. You know what I mean? Like, I just, the Dolphins always give us problems. Uh, the Jets are the fucking Jets. Like, there's one more to say about that. And, uh, you know, the Bills have just been that lowly, small town football team who's just, you know, we know their history, right? They lost those four Super Bowls in the 90s, really never made it back to the playoffs. I think they had one playoff run in the 2000s, if that. And then, really, Josh Allen was, and this run has been their first run back. And then, obviously, we saw last year they lose in heartbreaking fashion, even changing the overtime rules. Uh, just for that, though, Keenan, because I really am bullish on the Ravens, I think more than most people, besides you, because you got them in the Super Bowl. Um, I'm going to change my AFC championship to Chiefs over the Ravens. I don't have the Ravens making it, but I'm going to pick the, the Ravens making it to the AFC championship over the Bills. Mm-hmm. But uh, it still says Chiefs-Bills in my phone right now. I'm going to, as we speak, I don't know if you can hear these backspaces. Bye-bye, Buffalo Bills. It bye, goes bye, bye. <laughs> And again, I think the Chiefs and Bills was my AFC championship last year, so I very nearly had matching championship from last year so i feel better with the chiefs and ravens but that'd be an outstanding game lamar versus patrick mahomes yeah, so uh i agree moving on to the super bowl though who do you have as a super bowl winner who do you have as a super bowl mvp i actually um did we do the nfc yeah you did who did i say God, I don't even remember. No, you have the Rams. Think, I was say, I don't know. I was gonna say I have Tampa. You definitely did because we did them first. Because I, I have the Rams over the Eagles. Um, I we I didn't give you my winner. I gave Tampa and Green Bay. I actually have oh, Green shit. Bay. So I have Green Bay versus Baltimore. I think Green Bay. I think Green Bay and Baltimore are going to be almost in the same boat this year, to where they're going to play their best football towards the end of the season, where they're going to be two teams that might not be like the most talked about, but they're so good and so well rounded. That even though they're not the flashiest teams this year, they're gonna they're gonna end up competing and they're gonna 
get to the Super Bowl. I've got Baltimore over Green Bay, 34-31. My man Lamar Jackson gets one. Super Bowl MVP, I think he's going to have not maybe as good, but a Colin Kaepernick-esque game from 2013 against against old Green Bay where he ran for 100 or Colin Kaepernick ran for 100, threw for 200. I think Lamar might be able to do something similar. I got the Ravens, and this is spur of the moment. I got the Ravens. I love the pick. I don't see it happen. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it happened. I mean, it kind of would be a little bit. I, I can't wait for Lamar's season. Let me just say that. But, I mean, obviously, obviously, as we know, I just changed him to uh, <laughs> my AFC championship loser. But this is going to make me sound like the biggest Chiefs fan in the world. I promise you I'm not. But I got the Chiefs over the Rams in the Super Bowl. I got Mahomes as my MVP. That's really it. Hopefully it's a rematch of that Monday night game from a few years back. It was like a 54 to 50 game. Shootout, maybe something like 48, 45. That would be amazing. We would all love it. And if you heard last week, my prediction for the Super Bowl halftime show is Usher. So we're going to have an Usher headline show in Arizona with Mahomes, with Stafford, with two great offenses, with the Chiefs regaining their throne. I I really do think they're a sleeping dog, a sleeping giant. And uh, yeah, big trust. I got big trust over a cheese head, and then I got Nikki running. I've got Nikki throwing it down at halftime. Um, listen, we had this show went way longer than we anticipated. We have our very last thing, and I just want to briefly say we make these bold predictions, and I, I meant to open the show with this before the podcast. Me and Keenan would write down our NBA and NFL predictions each year, right? Yep. And we do anywhere from five to ten bold predictions. We limited it to three this year. Um, and these bold predictions aren't necessarily things we think are going to happen, but we believe they could if push came to shove. So they're usually, it's not something like, for instance, some people might have their bold prediction to be exactly what Keenan just said for his Super Bowl, that Lamar's going to have such a comeback year uh, in a contract year. By the way, news right before we came on this pod, Friday's the deadline for his new contract if he's going to get it or not. Uh, let's say he doesn't get it. Bold prediction might be that he wins the Super Bowl. Granted, that's not really bold because, you know, I think we both think, obviously, Lamar is an elite quarterback, right? Mm-hmm. We think, I'll give you an example. We always guess, at least I always pick someone in the NBA to get a quadruple double each year. It's not likely to happen. It's bold, but I always pick someone who I think it could be. You know, whether it's someone like Giannis, Jokic, Westbrook Maybe in the pack, Draymond, Rondo, who Draymond is the closest. He's had a he's had a triple double without the points. He had a triple double with points, rebounds, and assists, and had four points. So he was three baskets away from a quadruple double. So these are kind of in that vein. They're three bold predictions. Keenan, would you like to go first or second? I'll go first. I got I got my three. Let's hear him. I'm I, excited. I got Joey B, my guy, breaks the yards record in a game Throwing? this season. Yeah. Which is 554, Wait, so I- 554 by Norm Van Brocklin in, I think, 1954 or something like that. Or like That's the 60s, isn't it? But Norm Van Brocklin. So That's interesting. I, I think Joey B will get around like the 550, 560-ish range. I mean, he almost did it last year against the Ravens, but I got that. I got... The Falcons, because obviously I have no faith in this team for some reason. I, Falcons will go 10 straight quarters without a point. 
Yeah, I don't ever see that happening in any NFL. <laughs> that's why it's bold. <laughs> that, that's a good bold prediction. What? I said that's a good bold prediction, though. Yeah, yeah no. That, and then I've got Lamar Jackson rushes for two hundo in a game. I like that one. I like that one. That's right on par. Um, I also have someone breaking the passing record. I didn't realize that when I wrote this down. Um, I have this quarterback throwing for 600 yards in a game. You want to take a guess on who that quarterback is? I feel like it has to be Mahomes. Uh, Some might call him Bizarro Mahomes. Some might call him the Black Eli Manning. He is Jameis Winston. 600-yard game for Jameis Winston. That's why we call it a bull prediction, like Keenan said. You might not see it. So Jameis Jameis Winston is going to put up 600 in the game. All right? Okay. I love it. Uh, My next one. This one's kind of bold. Not really. I mean, it is because of the number of sacks. Seven-sack game. Person... The reason why it's more bold is because of his position rather than the player. Aaron Donald, seven sack game. That would be his signature regular season game. And then this one features our good friend, our old, let's call him the GOAT. Uh, he used to, we used to rely on him every single Sunday. Could guarantee him from anywhere from 10 to even sometimes, one time, 16 wins. Seems Tom Brady. Uh, I have him, Keenan, this is a rarity. I have him missing three games this year. Oh, that's, okay, that is. That's interesting. A bold prediction. It Some is, might say I, that's not a bold prediction because he's 45, but Brady never misses games unless I he carries had, One of them was almost. I just didn't. I couldn't find a good reason as to why it was going to happen, so I didn't do it. But I was going to say Brady was going to get suspended for a game. But I didn't have a reason as to why he was going to, and I couldn't find. I, I wish he would have. What, so can you give me a reason why he, he would get mouth, mouth off to his coach? He would have been. It would have been something like someone went like a little dirty hit on him. He was pissed off, and obviously, like he's been, he's just on edge with his team, and literally just like <laughs> wife? just did on with his wife, t- and just basically like got in an argument with someone, and then like hit him across the face with like his hand enough to where it'd just be a game suspension, but like got like really upset and just like instead of getting fined they actually just got him a game. That was I was so close to thinking that, but I didn't I didn't have as much confidence as I wanted to and so I didn't go with it. I really wish, you know what? Maybe I maybe that's I didn't just like I didn't put for injury. I just put he misses three games. Maybe he does that. Maybe he gets upset, rips someone's helmet off and just like you said, just can't take the frustration of his home life and his probably his last NFL season. Never know with Tom. Uh I really like that prediction. That's funny. Uh, I forgot to mention, yeah, he missed that whole season because he tore his ACL that one time. I guess I forgot to mention that four-game bullshit suspension he had that one time for the Flategate. Yeah, but that's right. We went 12-2 and two when he came back, 28 touchdowns, two picks, won the Super Bowl against the Falcons, greatest Super Bowl comeback ever. So it was all right. It happens. Teflon Tom. That's why he's Teflon. Listen, we went way too long here. Please tune in for part two where we're doing our week one picks. Keen, this was a lot of fun. Uh, weird to think, but we'll be doing this with the NBA in like four or five weeks. About a month <laughs> from now, which is crazy. Jesus. Yeah, it's, I hate it. I really wish the NBA started in November or December. It should it start just, on Christmas Day. 
It would, but that's almost too long. Like you almost have to start in November because that's yeah. at least when like, high school and college start. You yeah, know what true. I mean? If you could start, if you could start like the second week of November, that would be fine too. Yeah, right. And we could just you know coast along it, the whole second half. Yeah, because then it wouldn't matter. Because like it'd be early on. Then you get like the Thanksgiving football games. Then the foot basketball season would really pick up at Christmas Day as it always does, and then go from there. It'd be perfect, but and then we could have games in July or something like that. But yeah. Hey, that's all we got for this one. Again, turn into part two for our week one picks. Keen, this is a lot of fun. Sound like I just said exactly what I said a minute and a half ago. Whatever, it's been a lot <laughs> but, of fun. Uh, Thank you Keen, for tuning into the you. Warner Brothers podcast. Absolutely. Keen, I'll talk to you next week. All right? All right, see you.